Hey everyone, this is Pete. And Scott. Well, we are here with what should be a brand new episode, but what with all of our travels and planning out some live events, we got a little backlogged recently. So what we're going to do is re-release an older episode for the first time ever. We are going back to Superman 2 with our friend Billy Roach. Episode 98, Pete. We had not hit 100 yet when this came out. Episode 98. And... This is a really good episode. I was listening to it a few weeks ago when I was driving to the dentist, and I was like, dang, this is a really fun episode. It might be one of my favorites that we've ever done. Do you have the original release date of episode 98? May 6, 2021. Wow, how about that? Episode 98, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, like we said, we were a little bit uh, backlogged with traveling and planning out the live events, and we weren't able to record a new one this week. Jawbreaker so was a lot of fun it last was night. was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So we are dropping... Uh, this re-release episode, kind of in honor of the casting of the new uh, Superman. Yeah, the new James Gunn Superman. So we got David Cornsweet, and I believe he is from Hollywood, the Ryan Murphy series Hollywood. He's he's like the lead of that. And Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel herself. I wasn't quite sure about her as... Lois Lane, but no, I think she's perfect. I think they look really good together. Yeah. They look great together. They look great she, together. And I think she's going to be great in that role. So without further ado, everyone, take a trip back, step into the time machine, and uh, enjoy Superman 2. The extended cut, too. Ooh. Alrighty, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Superman 2. The adventure continues with the three villains from Krypton. Each one with the same powers as Superman. Each one dedicated to violence against mankind. Think of it. Three supervillains. Or four if you count him twice. The adventure continues in Paris with Lois Lane. I believe this is your floor. And the romance continues. The adventure continues in Washington. The world is on the brink of destruction. Superman, can you hear me? And Metropolis is in ruins. Is there no one on this planet to even challenge me? Superman! General, would you care to step outside? seen the first part you haven't seen the best part the adventure continues in superman 2 welcome back to the show everybody that was an epic trailer it was uh, i mean so good classic superhero trailer from the 80s i love it everybody out there listening my name is Pete, and i'm scott and, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made us gay, gay. 
episode 98. Oh my god. We're almost wow. there. We are turning the corner mm-hmm. on 100 episodes, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited for this one. Yes, indeed. I'm, I, I know go, you've been excited to do this movie for a yes, while. Yes, I go ve- this movie and I go back a long, a long ways. Um, I'm very excited about uh, hitting on Superman 2, finally. So, Scott, why don't you introduce our guest and talk a little bit about our movie? So, we watched Superman 2, released June 19th, 1981, with our friend and prior guest of the show, you might remember him from his Lost Boys episode, yes, our favorite straight, Billy Roach. <laughs> Welcome oh, back. Thank you, thank you. So glad to be and, here. And, I mean, you're one of my friends that is like the Superman expert. Of just, you know everything about Superman, <laughs> so that's why I wanted to have you on this episode. Oh, I am, I'm honored. Yeah, uh... Superman as a character, as a comic book character, is very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. he's you know kind of brought back into into public favor with you know the Snyder Cut being released on HBO Max. A lot of kids of the seventies and eighties adore these movies and the Superman character. Yeah, I've oh, kind yeah. of observed. Yeah, I feel like lately, the past few years, uh, comic book movies have just it's they've just been dominated by Marvel. Yeah, and you know. With the Zack Snyder version of of Superman coming in, it's it's one way for kids to get introduced. But now there's a lot of other Superman material out there on television. Oh my We're gosh! Yeah, a little bit about what's the, t- the name of the show? Superman and Lois Superman and on Lois. the CW. It's fantastic. Yeah. If you love this version of Superman, you kind of want that wholesome corniness. Yeah. You you get a little bit of that from Superman. That and Lois. Superman is very very handsome too. Oh, Tyler Hecklin. Tyler Hecklin. I still don't. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. The jury is still out on if that uh, onset paparazzi photo of if that huge ass. If that ass is padded, <laughs> the, the bubble butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's real or not because uh, Snopes or you know debunked or whatever. I think it has. It has been. Um, who are those guys in the Discovery Channel with the with the crazy mustaches that that. That, uh, oh, Mythbusters! Myth, but it has myth. been Mythbusted <laughs> that those pictures of uh, of uh, Tom Holland's ass are fake. So, oh, <laughs> so I don't I know. Didn't know that. Why did you just like crush the dream? Yeah, those Tom Holland. His, I mean, Tom Holland, very well built young man. But those those uh, particular pictures of his huge ass are not. He's no. not quite packing that ass. No, no, no. Okay. So I'm wondering if those pictures of Tyler Hecklin might have been enhanced a little bit for sure. uh, for the gays and for the fans <laughs> out there. But um, I mean, hey, we've got in this movie we've got Christopher Reeve, one uh, specimen so dreamy. Of, a, of a human in in as Superman. Jeez Louise. So what was both of your introductions to this movie because me personally i did not grow up on the richard donner superman movies i definitely know that they were there and i was very familiar with him Mm -hmm. but i just never really watched these movies growing up partly because i just think that the tim burton batman movies just sort of dominated anything superhero if you were a kid in the early 90s so what about you two bill you go first Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I remember loving those Burton films as well. I mean, you get to those kind of darker superhero films like Batman 89, even the first Mm -hmm. Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. For kids of that age were just like phenomenal. I can't remember the first time I ever saw Superman or even Superman 2, this film. You know, it probably came across when I was a kid on television and I was just enamored immediately it's so fun so kind of cheesy bright there's everything that like kids want and a lot of things that are missing from modern superhero films definitely and as uh you know a kid growing up 
with no father. My my father died when I was very young. I want to say three months old. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a very supportive, loving, strong mother, and she did everything she could. But for a young boy growing up without a father, Superman kind of became a father figure for me. I love that. And it's just ever since then, I've been drawn to the character. Uh, I love the character immensely. And it's really weird because if you look at my – my spectrum of interest, Superman is like the one thing that doesn't really fit. <laughs> it's like it's like you know, like vampires, goth horror. The yeah. is like then Superman. It's my shining beacon of hope mm-hmm. yeah. over here that I still look to to this day. Like sometimes when I'm having a bad day, it's yeah. just like I kind of center and I think about Superman and I just kind of let things go. Yeah, you know, totally. That's great. That's awesome. Again, uh, I'm a little older. I always say this every time than, than most of our guests and some of our listeners. I get it. You're, you're old. <laughs> but I think Pete and I are closer to the same Yeah, age. Sure, yeah. actually. And so when this came out, I was, I was a kid. I was a small kid. My dad had a Betamax player. And Love my that. uncle, my dad's brother, was uh, a teenager when I was a little kid like six or seven, you know, around that age, he was a teenager and, uh, they would, we would rent movies all the time, all the time. And, um, I specifically remember watching Superman two at home. I remember, you know, the big, uh, fight scene in New York city, throwing, you know, throwing Zod into the Coca-Cola sign, you know, the neon Coca-Cola sign, the, like the Marlboro cigarettes truck. Well, I don't specifically remember that. The sponsors. <laughs> yeah. The sponsors. Could you imagine if that were to happen in a movie now? A, a huge cigarette mm-hmm. truck. <laughs> yeah. But I, I specifically remember watching these at home from a very young age and we rented movies all the time and, you know, Karate Kid and, and, you know, all those movies that, we couldn't buy movies then because they were yeah. exorbitantly they expensive like to buy. Five hundred dollars for uh, not quite. They're like one nine, Baymax. They were like ninety dollars. Sure, right. Which in you know nineteen eighty four was a lot. I so like to we think weren't, that they were five hundred. Yeah, so we weren't buying the Goonies, but we were renting them all the time. And uh, I know that my dad and my uncle really loved movies and going to the movies and renting them. So it was a big thing sitting down with the family and watching these and um so when my sister and i would spend you know our weekends or whatever with our dad we would we would do that and i specifically remember watching superman and seeing christopher reeve just thinking like okay i think i'm a little different (laughs) sure (laughs) um because he to me as a little kid you know five or six year old kid i mean he didn't look like anybody in my family Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't look like anybody, any of the like adult male figures that were around me at my school or, or anybody in my family. So I was just like, oh my goodness, this, this person is like, he is a, from a different gene pool than, yeah. <laughs> than me <laughs> and being just kind of like, uh, fascinated by how he looked, his presence on screen. And then kind of like, also because there was this duality to him, you know, he had his Clark persona where he wore glasses and was a little bit more timid and just kind of like shy kind of a person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I really love that. But really he's actually Superman. And I, that was like, as a little kid that keys into a lot of shit, you know, then with like Superman three, my sister and I loved that movie because Richard Pryor was even as children, six, seven, eight years old, we thought Richard Pryor was funny. I mean, we weren't watching Live on the Sunset Strip, so we weren't talk, you know, listening to him talk about like hookers and cocaine. But, <laughs> you know, we saw The Toy and we saw Brewster's Millions and we saw these movies where to us Richard Pryor was very funny, so we loved Superman 3. Going back and watching it as an adult. <laughs> yeah, Superman 3 might have been my intro to yeah. Richard Pryor. Yeah. 
but yeah, that you that's, always, that's a whole different story. You always, crazy. you always tell that story of watching that movie with your sister and at the end of it. Where the woman gets sucked into the machine and gets mm-hmm. turned into a robot. Yeah. What the hell? You love that scene. <laughs> that scene is nightmare fuel. It is night, just, absolute these, nightmare these fuel. Two, these two children watching it in the 80s and just losing their We mind. would just scream and laugh and scream and run around the living room just screaming because like this woman would... Why is she turning into a robot? Like <laughs> This makes no sense <laughs> at all. Oh, there's but there's so many great things in all of these films oh, yeah, yeah. that make no sense, <laughs> but I still love them so much. Yes, I mean, that's yeah. the thing is that there wasn't a template for doing movies like this. Yeah, because I mean, I think that just Warner Brothers really went on a out on a limb with Richard Donner in the first movie. That studios just weren't making movies like this ever. Um. Well, okay. So Superman. Or comic book movies at the time were difficult because special effects, right? Mm-hmm. So how are they going to make this guy fly? How are they going to make him do half of the stuff that, that he does? And in 1979, 78, 79 when the first uh, movie came out? yeah. I mean, the whole, like, they built the marketing campaign on the fact that the special effects work. Yeah. The tagline was... You'll believe a man can fly. You'll believe a yeah. man can fly. Yeah. You know? So the whole thing was like, we got it. Finally, we figured it out. And... I mean, now when we watch it, it's like, oh, okay, he's in front of the screen. We get it. But I feel like movie watchers are more, I mean, I hate to say sophisticated, but in the sense that we kind of know how all that stuff works now. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. I will say that this movie has something that I think a lot of the modern superhero films don't have when you deal with characters like Superman that fly. There's an elegance to Chris Reeve when you see him landing. When you know it's obviously wire work, he's so light. And when he lands, it's... It's perfection. We're now where you see Superman movies talking about the Snyder Cut or the you know Zack Snyder, even Superman and Lois, which I love. When Superman lands, he lands with like a thud. It's <laughs> yeah. so fast, yeah. And you see the CG effect of like the ground breaking. And sure, Chris yeah, yeah. Reeves had this like elegance about it. You can tell that and it that's, was fantastic. Yeah. It's done well in Supergirl too. We private yeah. we have done Supergirl on the show. Yeah. Oh, a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. I and- listened and was screaming at my phone <laughs> when I was listening to that episode because i love supergirl it's so <laughs> yeah. cheesy so campy i love and the wire work in that movie is really well done very good yeah, yeah. and it's a different type of wire yes. work in that movie they're doing more acrobatic stuff and i i watched uh we, okay so we have a set a dvd set of superman uh superman 2 3 4 i think we picked it up at best buy <laughs> and it also has superman returns in there but what it is it's this it's a dvd combination it's a five film collection but it's weird right it's it feel it, it feels like it actually is what they did is they picked the the discs off of like other like multi disc sets and threw them in there so superman 1 is the extended cut of superman the version of Superman 2 is the Donner cut. So Superman the movie, it says disc 2 expanded That's edition. funny. So it, it's quite yeah. literally picked from yeah. it's the, a I have set. This set, but in the thicker the box full set. set yeah. And it has Superman, Superman the expanded cut, Superman 2, Superman the Donner cut, right. 3, 4, and then returns. Yeah. So all this has is the Donner cut for Superman 2. But it doesn't have any special features. It's bare bones. I think this whole thing costs us like $17. So I went to YouTube to find the special features. From the set that probably you have. Yeah, I have a bonus disc. Yeah. I said. Yeah. So behind the cape, I think it's called. Yeah. So they talk about specifically Chris Reeve in the rig because they, you know, sure. the, the the screen tests of getting 
of the flight screen tests are funny because they started off. Didn't they just start off shooting something at like a a toy out of a cannon or something? Yeah, something like that to get like trajectory or speed. It was, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, they, you know they tried everything because they didn't know what to do. It was you know it was a it was the late seventies and they never got anybody I mean, to fly. I know they used to do. They used a lot of the stuff that they used uh, for Star Wars, and I think the figure was to figure out lighting. And sure. If, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but they they you know they did a lot of stuff with stunt guys and you know just. Uh, the people that worked behind the scenes, putting them in these rigs, flying them and all that. They said when Chris Reeve came in, they said that he had done like that, like paragliding or something. Interesting. Okay. So he knew how to keep his body straight. Sure. And kind of like flat. A lot of upper body strength. strength. So he was able to actually hold himself out in this flat, like prone position in the rig. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Oh, okay. He knows how to, handle his body so this work looks a lot better than we thought it was going to look so that was, that's really interesting that it kind of just like his casting just kind of worked so well in all these mm-hmm. areas like it just kind of fit perfectly yeah for someone who in the in the first superman film they initially told no right yeah yeah and originally he was turned down for the role because he his hair was too light really yeah his hair he's like a dirty blonde ah. like light brunette and there's a story about how he ran downstairs across the street to a store and he bought shoe polish <laughs> put it in his hair and then came back and like one of his early screen tests you can kind of see it dripping oh, from the hairline and he did it again and it was just that. the persistence and it and then he initially got the he got the job after that which was fantastic yeah i couldn't imagine anyone else no world, yeah. well, especially yeah. for that time in the late 70s like who would they have they offered they, redford yeah, they, oh, they Redford, offered Redford, and I think Redford they, never would have done it. Though. But he's a blonde. Yeah, How are they going to yeah. tell Reeves? He's and I think Reeves. they went out for Stallone as well. Oh my god! Like I guess Seems, when you put, I guess maybe Stallone from the late seventies. I get Stallone as like young, really like built, dark yeah. hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's a little too on the nose. But that that would have been a wild. That would have been crazy. The performance, yeah, because because when you get. Sly, you don't just get the look, uh, you get the voice. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen him try to do Clark Kent. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh. Um yeah, Robert Redford is really interesting choice. I mean, I get it. He's very like all American, but huge star in the nineteen seventies too. Yeah, yeah. And and they originally wanted to go for a name before they decided mm-hmm. to go for kind of more of an up and comer. Yeah, where I think the Chris draw Reeves. with the Chris Reeves film was the technology and the name that got everybody to the theater was Brando. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How totally. much did they pay Brando for those scenes of Superman? You know, and I don't even remember the dollar amount, but I know he got paid more than everyone else in that film. And yeah. he was in it for 10 minutes, like five minutes. made yeah. like a, a million dollars or something a minute and was very difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. But let me say this, what I learned in my research, we were talking a little bit about the symbol that it was Brando's idea that the Superman S shield is the house crest of of uh, Jor-El. Sure. So he's wearing it on Krypton or Krypton. Krypton. <laughs> As he pronounces it. Well, and uh, that's kind of been woven into like the mythology, right? Yeah. And then it, that is now the current like reasoning for it. Yeah. It's not an S for Superman. It's the shield of mm-hmm. the house of El. Yeah. Which so, was when you said Krypton, 
You said that's the, the way he pronounces it. That's also the way Zod pronounces it, too. Yes. Which yeah. I thought was hilarious. I, think, I forgot about the Brando pronouncing it. I don't that know way. if Brando is just doing like a faux, like, ac- like British accent kind of a thing. Because I know, like, he's kooky, right? We know Marlon yeah. Brando's kind of a kook. His performance in uh, what's uh, the uh, Dr. Moreau. Dr. Mm-hmm. That that performance is crazy. He's Cuckoo doing Magoo like a weird accent movie and there. Performance. So I think he's just like, oh, okay, I'm Jarrell. I'm from this other planet. I'm, I'm making be British. I'm making British. distinct choices. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where he came up with Krypton because Lara says it. She pronounces it that way. Yeah. They, and I'm sure they probably just took the lead from from Brando for that. It's but, like half British. Yeah, totally. It's very weird. <laughs> um, I also read that they 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 offered. The role of Superman to a couple of people before they landed on uh, Christopher Reeve. I think Dustin Hoffman was in there. No. (laughs) Too nerdy. (laughs) Great Clark Kent. Great Clark Kent. But I think he also, I think when they gave it or when they offered it to him, he he said Lex. He said he'd do Lex Luthor. But then that didn't work out either. That would have been very interesting. Yes. I like Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor, though. I like that Gene Hackman just can't even be bothered shaving his head. Like, I'm not doing that. No. Well, <laughs> I also love that Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor just swings for the fences. It's yes. so great. And he's just so obsessed with land. Always a real estate <laughs> scheme with that one. Always a real estate scheme. All Every film. And I like that when he asks for yeah. the continent of Australia, and I'm like, the whole continent? Are you going to make everyone move out? And just live there by yourself? Well, you going I mean, to be, why would you want to just have a little city? Are you going to be, like, king of Australia? Like, what is your game plan, dude? <laughs> but why Australia? Yeah. I don't get it. It's the biggest island in the world. I, I think that's yeah, the, yeah, I think that's I think his think angle. That's it. I think that's it. Because he could have been like, I will be the king of Hawaii. But it's mm-hmm. like, that's it? That's all you got? Like- but then later <laughs> in the film, when he, he gives another morsel to Zod, he asks for Cuba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> On the other side of the world, yeah. Um, Summer home. (laughs) Or winter home because you'll be in Australia. Uh, (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, we have to talk so much about Superman, the movie, because... It's like the first ten minutes of this movie. Well, also, they were kind of... The intention was that... They they shot them initially... Were they back-to-back? Yeah, way before... They shot them all together. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Wow. Donner was filming two while he was filming one. Mm -hmm. And as the story goes, he went really over budget and behind schedule because he's doing two movies back to back. And he was fired mid-production of two and replaced, right? By Richard Lester. Lester, Who had worked with the Salkinds before on Three Musketeers, Uh, which he's known for doing back to back films because he did three and four Musketeers back to back. Oh, okay. And he worked on, on... Superman the movie, right? Wasn't he there for doing in some capacity, or did I, he just? I get don't believe in? Lester oh, okay. was involved at all okay. in the first film. Okay. Um, yeah. So the original intention was we're shooting them both back to back at the same time. We're going to release one, and either a year or less than a year later, mm-hmm. we're going to release two. Matrix style, right? Yeah, I think the original intent was six months later. Six mm-hmm. months. Yeah. And uh, at the end of Superman the movie, it says like Superman will be back, whatever. Mario Puzo from The Godfather wrote both scripts. Yes. That's crazy that this movie is written by the guy that wrote, that wrote the, Godfather. the Godfather. I mean, he's just adapting mm-hmm. like material at this point. Well, he's adapting. <laughs> I mean, he's pulling from comic books, yeah. but a lot of the source material 
that we know for Superman now, mm-hmm. it was actually created in this for movie. This. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of comics, like, they reinvented Superman in the 80s mm-hmm. um, by launching a new title, uh, Man of Steel by John Byrne, and a lot of that integrated what they did in the Reeves films. Okay. And I would take it that a character like General Zod, while probably was in the comics, probably anything that came after this movie, you're sort of modeling it after Terrence Stamp. After this movie, 100%. Yeah. Before this movie, it was a, I mean, he mm-hmm. wasn't a completely different character, but the look and a lot of the intentions were different. I love that yeah. performance. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. And the look of the Kryptonian like villains, these three. So cool. Mega 70s. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. That super low V yes. with a little bit of the chest hair popping out. That's what's interesting because the two male characters – have this like super sexy like almost like a gi like karate yeah. uniform and it's completely open but ursa the one late like hers is Sarah not Douglas. as as revealing she has her, her chest. she has her cutouts on her thighs yeah, they make up for it by having the cutouts on the arms and the thighs she has her yes. she has her drag cutouts do you know what uh, the the character of ursa reminds me of do you remember on all Stars One of Drag Race, where they had mm-hmm. to come out with drag superheroes. <laughs> this is something that would have been Melanina. on the main stage of that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would have been with with Melanina and and Firecrotch. She has her. <laughs> she has those beautiful eyebrows. Her oh. face is so contoured, it's super fierce. <laughs> yeah, and the just the the wings. Yeah, she, her makeup. Her is, eye, yeah. yeah, is fantastic. She's got that liquid li- liquid eyeliner mm-hmm. with the like the little wings on the side. So crazy. I love it. Yeah. I, lo- I love those outfits though. They're so like the satin and pleather mm-hmm. deep V's. That, yeah, there's there's patent leather elements. There's like satiny elements. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Boot, high boots. Now, There's a lot going on. In prep for this, I told you I watched both cuts of the film. Yeah. I mean, we're primarily talking about the Lester, but yeah. if you go back and you watch the Donner cut, it's almost like they used a little bit of CG to make that patent leather red. They added a little bit of color to it. Like, it's okay. not in every scene, but in the first scene where they arrive to planet Houston, right. he's, uh, when he comes out of the water, it's very noticeable that his, his patent leather thigh-high boots are red. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to watch that. Okay, all right. It kind of go- comes and goes. Yeah. It's like they tried to add an element of color to these. Yeah. Just like, I wouldn't even say drab all black because the patent leather and the yeah. satin, like contrasting. Gives it some pizzazz yeah. with that shine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I loved those scenes when they land, when they first land in, on planet Houston and they're, and Ursa's discovering her like heat vision. Love it. As a kid, I was like, she this picks up the snake. Cool. Yeah. She picks up the snake and then burns it. Yeah. But that leads to one of my favorite things. She looks at Zod and she says, We have powers beyond belief on this planet. <laughs> and then Zod, matter of fact, goes, We all do. We all do. And then just walks away. <laughs> Duh. Turns and walks away. Yeah. 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 How Terrence Stamp underplays that performance is so brilliant. Just because Zod is just unimpressed by. All of planet Earth. And just every single thing that comes out of, like, Zod is so unimpressed with everything that he's being told. Yeah. Everything he's being told mm-hmm. and everything he sees is like a child's yeah. toy. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Because Ursa is like, oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. She, you know, she's commenting on stuff for, like, you know, the audience that's, like, you know, screenwriting right there. She's, like, letting us know that they weren't aware of these powers. Because... They get thrown into the Phantom Zone before Krypton is destroyed. Yeah. Yes. So they they don't even know about like, you know, Jor-El sending his son off in the Christmas star off to like, you know, to Earth <laughs> to save the humans. I love that ship design. 
that star, it's super it's so cool. Good. <laughs> I I mean, call, calling it the Christmas star, it's like it, I feel like if you're a, a a Superman kind of like super fan, you kind of have to know about all of the like religious themes, you know. Se- Siegel and Schuster? Yeah, Siegel and Schuster. Siegel and yeah. Schuster. There's a Christ allegory with Superman? What? What? Oh. But the thing is, the the creators of Superman are, you know, two Jewish men. I feel like the whole thing is like, you know, they were either they're immigrants or they're like sons of, you know, first generation sons of immigrants. I so believe just, they're first generation. Yeah. And they were trying to tell the ultimate immigrant story yeah, with sure. Superman. And Superman, you know, the whole thing that like people don't get or, you know, is that... Superman is this all-American character, and he stands for truth, justice, and the American way, and and all that stuff. But he's he's an immigrant, he's mm-hmm. an alien, you know, and it's very like he's from another planet and all that. But when you really look into it, it's like it's this allegory that these people are writing to talk about their experience as like as Jews living in the yeah. United States in like yeah, the forties. That's the like thing outside. is that it's yeah. not like I, I just kind of lazily go to a Christ allegory. Cause that's kind of the first thing that you think of mm-hmm. that Superman is this very like Jesus figure. Yeah. But you're right. That's really interesting. Well, it's, yeah. it's very easy to, to yeah. compare him to Christ when yeah. you're mm-hmm. looking at Zack Snyder's man of steel. Yes. Yes. And Jor-El's telling him you can save them all. And he floats out into space in a cross shape. Yeah. yeah. It's very easy to, <laughs> yeah. to get there. I think, uh, that's interesting. Didn't Brian, singer do the same floating in space in the cross shape in in superman yeah. returns yeah he flew up into the sun yeah and he did the cross shape yeah he, yeah same. so the brian singer superman returns was one of my first introductions to superman 2 as a property before we get too into the movie i just remember the pre-production of superman returns there was so much media about it there was so much about the casting of it the laundry list of Actors that were reading for both Superman and Lois Lane. Yeah, well, and also the the Donner cut, Superman Returns is the reason we were able to have yes. the Donner cut mm-hmm. and any footage of Brando at all because yeah. they made a deal with the estate after Brando had passed away. But yeah, there's there's a lot of hubbub behind Superman Returns. And when that teaser came out that was narrated by Brando, yeah. like I just I knew that Brando was in the first movie, but I remember sitting in the theater just being like, Wow. Well, I mean, for someone who grew up on these movies... That's impressive. Hearing, yeah, hearing mm-hmm. Brando, you're yeah. like... It's kind of like what they're doing now with films like Halloween, where they're like, the all sure. movies yeah. made in between don't matter. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, so this is a sequel to Superman 2. Yeah. So we're going back. It's a yeah. very out-of-the-box idea for a sequel, especially in the or mid-2000s. A reboot. A reboot. 2006, yeah, yeah. yeah, like a soft reboot. Mm-hmm. It, it works in some ways, and in other ways, I'm like, uh, it's not as successful. I, I don't... With the casting, I feel like Brandon Routh is great. Um, Kate Bosworth is pretty miscast as Lois Lane. She's not giving she's, me Margot Kidder. But see, no. here's the thing is, <laughs> I feel like with that film, I don't feel like Brandon Routh was cast as Clark. Brandon Routh was cast as Christopher Reeve yes, as yes, Clark. Clark. Yeah, Same I mean, thing with, with Bosworth, that she's playing Margot Kidder, playing, and it, it shines Big through Kevin Spacey as yeah. he's playing Gene Hackman, yeah. playing Lex Luthor. Totally. Going back a little bit, why isn't Brando in any of the Lester version at all? It was a dispute that he had with the Salkinds. Okay. That makes right. sense. Yeah. 
and they just they were like, well, you know what, cut him out. They didn't want to pay him royalties. <laughs> oh, sure, or he and, wanted an additional fee on top of his well, because Brent from the first movie, well, just like Connery and Highlander, like he right. was like, I'll film more, but you got to pay me more. Right, and they so they just said no royalties. We're not paying you anything extra. And you can see there's a lot of meat if you go and watch the Donner cut. There's a lot of meat on them bones. Yeah, like, there's a lot of Brando footage that was not in the first. Film. Sure. Okay, that's interesting. And you know that what they did in this in in the Lester cut when they start the movie, it kind of rewinds all of Superman the movie and starts again at the trial of Zod mm-hmm. and his two cronies, Ursa and uh, what is his name, the tall one, Non. Non. But rather than uh, Jor-El coming out and kind of trying them, it's kind of for a second there, it's kind of shown from their point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It shows them kind of like... You get to see them break in. You get to see them do some of the, the dirty deeds that they're yeah. being punished for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then, again, rather than showing... They show the trial, but they don't show any of Jarrell. It's just kind of voiceover by Kryptonian elders. I love those Kryptonian elders. You three criminals have been caught in a further act of seditious treason. General Zod... Your only feeling was contempt for our society. Your only desire was to command. There, sir, the only feeling you showed was for your vicious general. Your only wish to rule at his side. Don, you are as without thought as you are without voice. This council has no hesitation in proclaiming you all guilty. 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 <laughs> the big floating heads. Yeah, so good. Um, the effect of the three of them in the flying album cover, like flying through space, so cool. Love it. I, I mean, that's yeah. like iconic, mm-hmm. classic. You know, even the like the three, they're the two hula hoops that are like around them, kind of like oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the spinning, the spinning three hula yeah. hoops and the, the beam of light and the beam of light. Yeah. yeah. All and all that stuff. Super easy, practical effects. Yeah. But it works. Mm-hmm. It looks so like spacey. Yeah, it's effective. And I love that we never it wasn't until Supergirl that we never got to see what the phantom zone right. was like yeah you finally get to see inside the phantom zone in supergirl yeah i was uh i was watching a bit of superman the animated series god it's so good and the phantom zone in that is wild yeah because <laughs> they show they i forgot who it was um that's that they like they get this beam and they like shoot somebody out of the phantom zone but like the footage of inside it's why it's like this red crazy amorphous like yeah they're just kind of floating around Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like these like kind of black bubbles that kind of evokes like jack kirby art style right yeah yeah, totally very like fourth world it's Mm -hmm. very good yeah but but super wild it's like you're i mean you could see how people go mad in the phantom zone you're oh, just yeah. floating in nothing mm-hmm. whereas supergirl showed it's kind of this like rocky kind of craggy hellscape yeah yeah, yeah. and which they kind of brought back in smallville the phantom oh, zone in smallville okay. is very like it looks very similar to what they did in supergirl right yeah, that's right. right uh i guess in the snyder verse <laughs> they're just kind of put in this weird like stasis Pods. Like a stasis pod that yeah. looks like a, a penis. They look like dildos. They look like big yeah. penises. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel that and Man then of that Steel gets put to a ship, and then that ship goes mm-hmm. into the Phantom? Yeah, yeah. How it's... do you feel Man of Steel just essentially feels like 
a rebooted version of two. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, especially when you when you're bringing in characters like Zod. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I had such ho- high hopes for for Man of Steel. Like mm-hmm. it was, I to this, I'll defend Man of Steel to my dying day. Yeah. Because I think it's a good film and it's a good jumping off point. And we just went south after that. It would have yeah. been stronger with a sequel to it. Oh, definitely. And mm-hmm. I feel the same for Superman Returns. Yeah. I feel like Singer excels in sequels. I mean, if you look yeah. at his X-Men films, X-Men 1 was fine. Yeah. X-Men 2 was stellar. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like so that's good. what he was building to in Superman Returns. We just didn't get there because it was overinflated and the the budget was insane. Yeah. But yeah, I mean – I can see that as someone like Zack Snyder, who's very aesthetic in his directing, mm-hmm. you want to bring in a character like Zod. You want to have a character that from the get go that Superman can punch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, the one thing these Chris Reeves films did kind of like poorly is every villain in every film is Lex Luthor. Yeah. I mean, he's pulling mm-hmm. the strings in this movie, but you, you got Zod, Ursa, and Non. You even get to Superman 3 when Gene Hackman didn't want to come back. Who do we cast? We cast another white guy to play a nondescript billionaire. <laughs> yeah. It's just Lex yeah, Luthor. Yeah, a stand-in. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, I mean, they tried a little bit with Zod, Ursa, and Non in the nuclear man a little bit in 3. <laughs> Mark Pillow. Oh, oh Mark God. Pillow and his, his nuclear manicure. That nuclear <laughs> man in that 80s, like that mullet yeah. he was here to party. He's got the Swayze hair. Like he's <laughs> that movie is tough to watch. It is. It's tough. So I, I love what I love the that the villains in Superman 2. Yeah, like you said, Lex is pulling the strings, but he is kind of behind the scenes in, in most of the movie. Yeah. Um we were talking about today, Miss Tessamacher. Who I, oh. uh, who I love. <laughs> Valerie yeah. Perrine, so good. I love her. She was such a great performance in the first Superman yeah. film. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until re-watching this. Lex takes her yep. to the fortress. Yep. And then we forget about and her. And then just, yeah. what, does he leave her we there? Does she her. die? <laughs> good luck getting home in your blimp. Yeah. In your, scene, in your hot air balloon. The next scene we see Lex, he's at the White House. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way. Just sneaks into just the White House. broke out of prison. <laughs> Most wanted man in America walks into the White House. Into the White House. I mean, granted, it was just infiltrated by three aliens that forced the the president to, but you <laughs> have to, the case in in a real world, which this movie is yeah, nowhere no. near. There had to be in some sort of military presence outside oh, yeah, yeah. watching these supervillains, and Lex just walks in. He mm-hmm. fully does like a Three Stooges, like peek around the corner, mm-hmm. like hello, anybody in there? And speaking of Three Stooges, <laughs> I really miss Otis in this film. Yeah, Otis, um, they did him so dirty. And that's Ned Beatty, who couldn't get on the hot air balloon. And I love that besides Superman, Otis is the only other one that has theme music. Oh, yeah, he does have that, like, dopey, yeah. It's so fun. I love it. Um, That's, it's, and I don't know if it's just like a a Richard Lester thing, just because you can tell the jokiness Are you talking about their Austin Powers breakout of the prison? Uh, That's straight up like yeah. out of Goldmember. <laughs> Can we talk for a second about how Lex Luthor created hologram technology yeah. in a prison? So he cre- <laughs> he created holograms out of like sharpened toothbrushes and laundry like, soap. Yeah. I, don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> but he did. Well, again, Lex Luthor. I, I guess I would call myself a Superman casual i'm familiar with the animated series the justice league animated series the movies really um 
But can you talk a little bit about Lex Luthor as a character? Like, what are his... He's a supervillain. In the movies, he's just kind of like an industrialist, maybe... uh, Well, especially in these Chris... The Chris Reeves films, it's super... Like, Lex Luthor is very, like, muddy. Like, where does he get his money? In the first film, he's living underground in a subway. Yeah. And that layer is cool. That yeah, layer that like flooded, cool. and it's like the flooded uh, tunnel that yeah. is a pool now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love that. I'd I'd live Beautiful. there any day of the Beautiful. week. I yeah. love it. But yeah, it's it's very strange who mm-hmm. Lex Luthor is in these films because then when you get to Superman four, he's living in a high rise. Yeah, where does his money come from? Yeah, and that's what was interesting about Smallville is that they introduced him, uh, the son of like a Bill Gates billionaire. Yeah, where in the comics, his mm-hmm. father was very uh, – just like not in the picture. Mm-hmm. He was a self-made billionaire okay. in the comics. But just like Superman, when when you get to these new eras of these characters, they completely rebuild them from it. the ground up. Like mm-hmm. at one point, Lex was very close to what you see in these films. We've gone through all these different iterations of Lex where he had a son who had like – long flowing like red <laughs> hair like so we got to that kind of version of Lex Luthor where he wasn't bald uh but yeah the character himself just like superman has been rebuilt so many sure. times but for the most part he is like a billionaire industrialist right what he does is not clear he has military contracts <laughs> lex seems like the type of guy who makes everything from like you know soap to missiles right yeah right. i i like how in the animated series and you know even in, even in the like Lego DC villains like video game that they, they have him in that this like power suit yeah that so I like the idea of him being kind of like a like an evil air quotes evil Elon Musk mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know just like using technology to make himself a supervillain or a superhero kind of a character and he did go toe to toe several times with Superman in the comics because he used that technology he built yeah. himself. Almost like an Iron Man style right. super suit, yeah. and he would fight Superman. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this version of Lex Luthor is much more uh, subdued, right? So, so they give him kind of like like super intelligence because he does make this. Yeah. He does fashion a hologram out of you know uh, prison materials, mm-hmm. and then he has uh, Miss Tessamacher come to save them in a weather balloon. <laughs> and I, the joke is that Ned Beatty. He's or too Otis fat to get on. So too fat. fat. <laughs> He's pulling down a full balloon. Yeah, <laughs> one step at a time. Each step of the ladder, it just gets lower and lower. And I mean, funny. We're laughing, <laughs> but yeah. it's just like, oh my god, this is so jokey. Yeah, that was that survived into the Donner cut. Okay, but a lot of the, a lot of the jokey elements, what made Superman two so fun and kind mm-hmm. of whimsical, were Lester. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also Lex also creates some sort of tracking machine. Ollie, okay. <laughs> the idea is that they know that Superman continually flies north from right? his flight patterns. From his yeah. flight mm-hmm. patterns. What's north? Why? Why does he go there? We got to figure it out. That's got to be where his secret lair is. So I'm going to go north. So I've developed this black box. Right, he keeps referring to this black box, which is like just got a compass, dude. All is yeah. pointing you is north. Just yeah. head north. They fly a balloon north, and then you see a giant like crystalline ice <laughs> structure. And you're like, oh, that there it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, wild. Love, love that. Miss um, Tessamacher is there. She's the one that b- comes to the weather balloon. She has her like cool like 
1920s like pilot, like mm-hmm. leather cap mm-hmm. and the goggles yeah. and all of that. Then her costume change <laughs> in the Fortress of Solitude. It's pretty fierce. Oh this my red, god! Like. <laughs> Furs. Yeah. <laughs> she's got to stay warm. Yeah. She's where got they, like a muff. Where did they <laughs> find hat. Where did they find the snow machine? Yeah, they 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 leave or no they they egg, they enter and exit on a snowmobile. Right. Where was that? And he's telling her like mush. Mm-hmm. And it's a <laughs> snowmobile. <laughs> well, where did they get the change of yeah. clothes also? When they get into that basket in the prison, there's it's pretty small. There. No, there's nothing in it. So, she, yeah, they must have pl- they planted this like snowmobile somewhere in the Arctic. Ah, <laughs> uh, my goodness. The Fortress of Solitude is very interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, when later on in the movie when he takes Lois there, she's like, "You live here?" And he's like, "No, I live like a block away from you." Yet there's a dinette set and a bed. Exactly. That 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 fuck bed. bed. <laughs> that bed. That the Superman bed. fuck bed. It's like that a giant <laughs> bed with the satin, the it's, silver satin it's sheets. All made of silver oh satin, God. and it's kind of set up like a weird, like hammock style. Mm-hmm. Well, I love because it's like they, hanging. They have to stay on theme with the sil- the silver. Yeah. Even if you look at the the dinette set, there's these <laughs> the big crystals on the table yeah, that yeah. have to look like they're part of the fortress. Yes. It's insane. I want to yeah. see uh, Lois like walking around like, oh, is this form decor? <laughs> <laughs> I think I have this in my I, living room. I have this pillow. <laughs> so The Fortress of Solitude sponsored by the Interior Illusions Lounge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the idea is that the technology on Krypton is based on these like crystals. It's organic crystal based, right. which was something that was new to these films. Oh, okay. In the comics up to this point, okay. they just had advanced technology. Sure. So they had robots. Like it's more, um, it's very similar to what they did in Man of Steel with the robots that were floating around the ship. Yeah. Uh, he had two robots in the fortress named Keelex and Keelor. Right. So everything was very like, was looked earthbound but it was just more advanced okay the crystals came from these films okay interesting and they stuck around in the comics for a while yeah because of it. and even in man of steel I, th- I feel like with the they kind of inqu- they're not crystals but they're like these weird pieces like the, the, keys. Little, the key the yeah. superman symbol key and all that but it's based on this kind of weird organic metallic that moves shape and shifts. Thing. Yeah. yeah that's a very cool technology yeah i, I did really enjoy that yeah I, I but yeah the the flying robots they're there in uh superman dooms Day with, with Anne Hesh. Yeah, yeah, Anne Hesh voices Lois. Lois yes. yeah. So many great voice actors. Carrie oh, Russell did like a stint, right? She did. She, Lois? she did. No, she did Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder Woman. Okay. She did the one Wonder Woman movie before oh, they brought in uh, Rosario Rosario Dawson, Dawson for mm-hmm. the current like DC kinda, animated. Yeah, films, she kind of yeah. took over for for a lot. Um, but yeah, the which um, is Superman and those are voiced by Jerry O'Connell. Which why why did he never get a chance to play Superman? Because <laughs> yeah. he lost O'Connell. out that audition to Dean Cain. He has the look. <laughs> yeah, he totally has the look. Um, he cool. lost an audition to uh, uh, an audition to a football player. Yeah. <laughs> I did grow up a little bit on Lois and Clark with Dean Cain. Oh, I'm not bashing Lois and Clark. <laughs> yeah. I love Lois and Clark. Mm-hmm. Also has a very silly campiness yes. to it, yes. just yeah. like these films. Who is the voice of Superman in the Lego movie? Um, is oh, it's it Channing, Channing Tatum? Tatum? Yeah, yeah it's Channing I Tatum. Say. I think they went funny with that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because Jonah Hill was Green Lantern. Yes. So it was Channing Tatum. Because they were, they were together all the time around yeah. that time. Oh, okay. The 21 Jump Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they did a bunch of they stuff They became together. like big buddies. Mm-hmm. So... So, um, yeah, the Fortress of Solitude stuff is is interesting, really. Yeah, the the crystal stuff, 
Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I guess it's those are computers. <laughs> I like, I like, I like the, yeah. I like um, Mrs. Tessermacher saying it's a crystal, and Gene Hackman's like, no, it's not. <laughs> One thing that always confused me when I was a kid, and you get it a lot in Superman 1 and 2, is there's this main crystal that activates everything. The green one? The green one. Yeah. They call it a sunstone in the comics. They never refer to it as a sunstone here. It's like the main crystal. It always confused me when I was a kid that it was green. Why is it green? Because kryptonite. kryptonite, Yeah. Right? It's green. Yeah. Which, no kryptonite in Superman 2. Yeah. No. They just fully take his powers away. Yeah. Um, And then... It makes a return in Superman three. Yes, and then uh, and then after that, we just have super fingernails in four. <laughs> so uh, in Sup- in Superman two, all this all of the Kryptonian like archival footage, these holograms that Jor El has kind of created and programmed to teach his son about his past, and and they're holograms Krypton. that can talk back to him too. It's a- AI, yeah, right? Yeah. You like know, it's interactive, a re- yeah, yeah, really sophisticated Siri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a thing but because brando said hell no you can't use me in this movie it's all lara it's all it's all his mother yeah, yeah. who is this actress it is um i'm not sure Susanna york Susanna academy york. award nominee Susanna york okay. from they oh. shoot horses don't they oh okay not familiar mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah it's kind of interesting you're just like well what i mean i guess if jorel is making this for his son why wouldn't he program you know yeah Kello's mother. mother to be in it as well. So, but when I was a kid watching this, that that never occurred to me. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't know about these things when you watch movies. You just, yeah. you know, you get to see Jor El a lot in the first movie, yeah. and you get to see his mother in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah. So, and then there's like one other guy who uh, is like an encyclopedia guy. Yeah, which just, in the Donner cut, non-existent. Don, okay, it's, it's all Jor El. <laughs> okay, cut, completely. No, no mom. No, not that's all Jor El. Interesting. All right. Can we talk a little bit since we're kind of just going through just sections of this movie because this there's no point of recapping this movie because it's there's just too much of it. <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit about uh, Lois Lane and her wish with death? <laughs> just zero chill in this oh, movie. So in the Donner cut, she jumps out of the office window. Immediately. And like in the theatrical cut, the one that we watched, just jumps off of Niagara Falls. Yeah. Well, after climbing into an elevator on the Eiffel Tower yes. that's equipped with a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Underneath yeah. the elevator. Not not even in an elevator. Under, she's on like the railing underneath <laughs> the elevator. Yeah, I because mean, it's the Eiffel Tower, so it's all open. So she climbs it. I, the lengths that this bitch will go to <laughs> to win that fucking Pulitzer. <laughs> yeah, does she have a Pulitzer yet in the in these movies? Well, or didn't she win for one for Superman? Why the world doesn't need Superman yeah. Returns? Well, that's in Returns. Or, in, in between, why does it need Superman? Mm-hmm. In between two and Returns, yeah. yeah. When he left. Which, yes. why are they giving out that Pulitzer for that article? That should be like an article in like Red Book or something. <laughs> she had intimate knowledge of very intimate knowledge of Superman. So, very, you know, she she you know, but um, yeah, Lois Lane and the the portrayal in these movies is really. Um, I love Margot Kidder. Love Margot Kidder. See movies that made us gay all star from Black Christmas. Oh yeah, see yeah. Margot Kidder as Lois Lane is kind of a hot button issue for me. Yeah, I love these films. I love Chris Reeve in these films. I like Lois in these films. Mm-hmm. I was never a fan of Margot Kidder right. as Lois. I like she's just kind of a little kooky. For she is, she's very mm-hmm. kooky. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I mean, I mean, if you're talking about kooky in this movie, you're talking about a woman who is constantly drinking orange juice because it's healthy while she's chain, chain smoking. smoking. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it's natural. It's like cigarette <laughs> hanging out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, the, this character is too much. So, okay. I don't know which is worse, jumping out of a damn what, yeah. 50 story They're both window. crazy. It's nuts. Yeah, there's different versions of how she tries to get him to reveal himself, yeah. depending on which cut you're watching. Yeah. Donner cut, she jumps out of a window immediately, like 10 <laughs> minutes in. She's on to Clark as Superman yeah. from the start of the film. I yeah. love her doing her little impromptu sketch of Clark when she... On when the she, newspaper? When she draws oh, yeah. Clark over yeah. Superman. The Sharpie, and she draws yeah. little glasses on. Mm-hmm. and But see, very different in this the theatrical, like, Lester cut. She waits yeah. she, until... They go to Niagara Falls for this story, and then she jumps into the water <laughs> to get Clark to save her. And both versions, he does not fall. That, yeah, no. Yeah. He's like, nope, we're <laughs> going to figure this shit yeah. out. Uh, that scene in Niagara Falls where the little boy is on the other side of the railing, and he's just like playing and playing and playing. That used to like give me so much anxiety as a kid. I'm like, oh, my God. See, see, I got the anxiety the from hell? Lois underneath the... The elevator, the elevator going up. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I couldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And then, you know, he had eventually does fall in. Clark is off to get Lois. Okay, again, Lois Lane, <laughs> obsessed with her. You know, she has to, she read a book where this guy says, if you get X amount of vitamin C a day, you'll never get sick. So she's like, has to have her or- freshly squeezed orange freshly juice every day. Squeezed. So she says, Clark, I'm hungry. Go get me two hot dogs with everything on it. And a glass of freshly squeezed <laughs> Are both hot dogs for Lois, or is I she going to share I'm one? Ass- I'm assuming they're both for her. She said All two. Right. Okay. I think she said I think two. Lois can, despite Margot Margo Kidder being a Very small thin. woman, yeah. I think I feel like Lois can pack it away. I think so, too. She can, she'll put away both those hot dogs. Um, yeah, I think she orders two. Uh, so he's off doing that, and this kid falls in, turns into Superman, goes and saves the kid. As he's saving the kid, pulling, flying up from the bottom of Niagara Falls, and everybody's like clapping and cheering, you hear kind of, not even faintly, you hear a woman say, of course he's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I, I believe it's the same woman. You also hear like this is like Jewish grandmother going, what a nice what man. What a nice man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. I love it. And so this is when, I feel like in the, in the, theatrical in the Lester cut this is really when Lois is just like oh shit where is Clark Where's like Clark? maybe because yeah in the in the Donner cut it's it's the beginning of the movie she's like okay well the Paris incident yeah. isn't even in the Donner completely cut, cut completely out. cut out yeah. yeah they go straight to Niagara Falls that's their story mm-hmm. and she's on to him from the get-go but yeah she really starts to suspect here yeah but in Whenever. the theatrical, I like their little line of dialogue of, we really have to get to work on this. Here we are in on Niagara this, Falls. On this honeymoon. <laughs> exposition. Exposition <laughs> subplot of this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, can we talk about this honeymoon suite? Love that honeymoon suite. It's giving me very, like, Madonna in. There are pillars in this room, floor-to-ceiling yeah. pillars that are lava lamps. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Full lo- the lo- the, the pillars fuck? around the bed. Four pillars around the bed, full lava, lava lamps. lamps, seven foot lava lamps. Yeah, which connect at the top to a chandelier over the bed. <laughs> so, what do you think that this like honeymoon scam was supposed to be? Were it's they unclear? It's unclear. Like, I mean, I take it that they were overcharging, what are they but it's like, of course, yeah. they're overcharging couples because they're this shelling out for this room that probably should be like a the grand a night suite at the Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, of course they're overcharging people. And I like that it's a honeymoon suite in Niagara Falls. It's huge. It's got this giant centerpiece 
fireplace. The, the conversational fire piece. Yeah. Fire, fire pit there. Fire yeah. pit. The I crazy four-poster, you know, uh, lava lamp bed with the chandelier. All this crazy shit. It's on levels. There's, like, steps. But it is clearly shot in a soundstage because the windows never open. You never see a ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wouldn't this fabulous... Niagara Falls honeymoon suite have like a, a view. view. Yeah, <laughs> Niagara Falls for a reason. I think he. I think they kind of open the curtains to like other sheer curtains. <laughs> I think Clark looks out, but you yeah, never get to see what see he's looking at because it's clearly this is a yeah. soundstage and it only has three walls. Um, but yeah, this room is amazing. This bellhop, fuck this guy. Oh yeah, no tip for you. So smarmy. Oh I my god. It. There's even oh, kind of a first, little first time here. There's, First time together. I was going to say, there's there's <laughs> even kind of a little sexual tension between this bar hop and, and Clark. And Clark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, congratulations on whatever this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? How is he still have a job? Is it his first day? Is he running the scam? Yeah, that's what I'm like. Is a scam this dude? Like, what the hell? Uh, and Clark tips him because, of course, he does because he's Clark well, he, Kent. Yeah, he's Clark Kent. going to tip everybody. He sends half his paycheck home to his yeah. gray-haired mother. Oh my of course he does. <laughs> With the paycheck, sending yeah, uh, sending it home. It's so crazy. What a nice man. What a nice mm-hmm. man. And I love that he, he fully asks, and this is in the first movie, when he gets the job at the Daily Planet, he asks Perry White, the editor of the Daily Planet, about his paycheck. That's an HR question. That is- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Payroll. I don't know. Do whatever the hell you well, want. Well, I mean, I don't this, take care of I it. mean, Perry White is laying out these headlines on his desk, so yeah. he's been like manually. He's yeah. stretched pretty thin. Like he's doing the headlines himself. Yeah, at at his own desk, the editor is fully just like letter by letter. But I'd, I'd love to see just a handwritten note. Send half check home yeah. to Kansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to Smallville. Oh, my goodness. No one else works in this building. <laughs> he does it all. He sign- He literally signs the checks one at a time. I don't know if you noticed, but Richard Lester gave Lois an upgrade. She has an office ah, in this cut. Okay. If, she in, had a desk in the first one? In the in the Donner cut. Even in the Donner cut, she's still in the bullpen oh, okay. next to Clark. Interesting. In, in this cut, she has an office. Oh, yeah. That's right. In the yeah. in the, the suit that she jumps out the window. Yeah. I love that costume where she jumps out the window. It's like a peach pink coral mm-hmm. like uh, skirt in a blouse and a big, wide, white necktie. Yeah. Love it. And I working also, woman of the of the 1980s, yeah, 70s, this is 1970s, yeah. I mean, if we were when talking about being filmed, yeah. along with Superman one, 70s, yeah, yeah, 77 probably filmed. And also, yeah. when they go to the honeymoon suite, she's wearing like the big hat, which is very like super 70s. Like she's mm-hmm. wearing like a big white hat. And oh yeah, the bellhop also says like, oh if you if you need help lifting her up, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's tradition. <laughs> and she's like, no. So Lois starts to kind of, uh, she's catching on to Superman, throws herself into Niagara Falls. He does the full, uh, I like that he uses the um, heat vision to give her a branch, the smallest branch. But Grab on, Lois. What kills me is he uses heat vision through his glasses. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't even do the pull down. Pull down. He heat visions through his glasses yeah. to break off. A tiny branch. It's so small. That somehow saved her life. Yeah, how did that what did it even do? She eventually went And it's into like, like meanwhile, don't take out Lois with the with the tree branch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like so far ahead of her too. I'm like, how is she gonna catch up to that little floating stick? But she does. And then she makes her way to the to the shore. Yeah. And Clark clumsily falls into 
to save her and she ends up saving him. I love it. <laughs> but so it's it's not until we're back in the hotel room where Clark clumsily falls into the fire pit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. And she grabs this giant mitt of a hand. Mm-hmm. Those shots, and I don't know if they're insert shots or what, if it's actually Margot Kidder holding on to Chris Reeves' hand. But those shots in the movie, his hand looks gigantic in her tiny little hands. Well, I mean, he's he's probably a full foot and a half taller than she is. Yeah. He's, he's just a big guy. Yeah. It doesn't seem so it, but crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that's when she's like, okay, what the hell? How was your hand fully in the fire pit? And this is when she finally gets it out of him. Yeah. And he just kind of like admits it, right? He, he admits it, but he has a, a little bit of a tantrum first. I think he's yeah. like, <laughs> I didn't want to have to tell you. Yeah. And in this scene, he's wearing like a cool, like uh, a cardigan, like a button down cardigan with Mm -hmm. like a collar and and pockets. He's got some cool looks as as Clark. Very like GQ man of (laughs) the late 70s. Yeah, totally. I don't know why I did that. Maybe you wanted to. I don't think I did. Maybe you didn't want to with your mind, but maybe you wanted to with your heart. better talk I'm in love with you we really better talk I'm listening we can't talk here Perry's gonna be calling about six to find out what's happening what's happening that's the understatement of the year so this is when he's just like Okay, well, I told you, so I might as well like tell you the whole story. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning, too, that for me, Chris Reeve is the ultimate Clark Kent Superman because of the way he portrays the two characters. Mm-hmm. A lot of people to this day still argue, how could Lois not know he's Superman? It's yeah. a pair of glasses. It's not a pair of glasses. Yeah. If you look at the way Chris Reeve plays this, there's a great scene in the first film where he tries to tell Lois who he is. He's constantly just slouched over yeah. as Clark. He raises his voice just a couple octaves yeah. higher the whole time he's talking. Yeah. And then the the glasses, of course, help. And his hair is parted a different direction. Yeah. yeah. Superman <laughs> versus Clark. Totally. But that scene where he tries to tell her, you see him straighten out his back and his hair, you know, not his hair, just think about the stupid part. Yeah. The voice gets deeper. It's a whole transformation. It's a completely different character. Yeah. And no one. They don't do that at all in the Zack Snyder movies. No one has been able to do it no. since Chris Reeve or yeah. like Chris Reeve. No, they give up on it completely <laughs> in the Zack Snyder films. It's like Lois finds out he's Superman in the first movie. It's like his his attempt to be Clark Kent is like, just don't be seen. Yeah. 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 In, in the Zack Snyder film. Which, yeah. I mean, to a degree I enjoy because Lois is supposed to be this just great reporter. She's supposed to be able to figure these things out. She does. And that's great. And they made Lois a strong, smart woman. But, yeah, the Clark Kent persona is, might as well be non-existent in those films. Do you know Amy Adams read for the Mick G movie that never got made? Oh, with uh, So she was, like, reading for Lois Lane in, like, the early 2000s when they were supposed to do that Mick G movie. With uh, Matt Bomer? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, or was Matt Bomer attached to oh, – I mean, geez. so many different directors. Yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. before this thing got off the ground as Superman Returns, it went through so many different – versions jj abrams which that script that jj abrams wrote he Mm -hmm. wasn't the director Mm -hmm. he only wrote it 
that script is online. If you can now read it, it oh, is wow. that the one that was Wild. supposed to be wow. by Mick G? Yeah, it was going to be Mick G. And then it went. I think it was Brett Ratner, then Mick G. I can't remember. It switched hands a couple. Okay, oh, one of them wouldn't fly overseas to film. I think that's Mick G. Yeah. So then it went to Brett Ratner. Yeah. And then from Brett Ratner to to uh, singer. And then there was right. the whole Tim Burton movie. Oh, the Tim Burton movie well, that, that was, predates. Yeah, that yeah was with, Nick Cage. with Nick Cage. Yeah. Which you know what I. I kind of want to see it. Oh, yeah. I want to see it. Well, after that documentary, you're just like, oh, okay, that's what they were doing. It, yeah, it's hard from the images that they released yeah. and what you're in Nick, Nick Cage alone. Yeah. You're just like, <laughs> what? And then when you watch the documentary, you're like, oh, I kind of get what they're trying to do yeah. now. And it yeah. makes sense that when you have a costume designer like Colleen Atwood in that documentary talk about these were the phases of the costumes and, like, this was the one that we finally landed on. Which I believe Atwood carried over to Superman Returns. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. She did all the co- costuming in that movie. Yeah. But, but yeah, all, the, all the neon stuff was, like, for a specific scene, like, yeah. regeneration mm-hmm. Like pods, which and all isn't that, far so. off of what they did in this film when he goes into the chamber and he yeah. his powers go away. Do you remember that oh, part the of the? Chamber. Do you remember that part of the documentary where they were talking about Brian Singer, just being no. just no bitchy Brian Singer of when <laughs> studios would question like, do you think we should be doing something new? Like, do you think it's a good idea to be rehashing this old vision? And then he would just like remind them of the leaked. Nick Cage photo. Oh, that he and carried, just be like, "This right. is this is what happens when you try something new." He carried oh a picture God. of Nick Cage. He what carried a, a picture bitch. of Nick Cage on the set. Oh yeah, and he gosh. was like, Don't, "We're not making this mm-hmm. movie." And he would hold up that picture. That's uh, right. I completely forgot about that. That's so rude. That was a wild cast as well. Yeah. Nick Cage is Superman. I believe Sandy Bullock is Lois Lane. Okay. Chris Rock was apparently supposed to play Jimmy Olsen. Right. I'm kind of here All for right. it, though. Yeah. I could see that. I could see Sandy making a really good Lois she Lane. She would make a really good Especially Lane. in, like, the 90s. And yeah. the rumors were during the death of Superman scene, he, he lured uh, Keaton back for a Batman scene. Oh, man. Okay. That would have been wow. right? cool. <laughs> it would have either been, like, the worst movie of all time or the greatest <laughs> movie of all time. But even if it was the worst movie of all time, it would have gone down in history as just, like, a phenomenal yeah. cult film. They swung really hard on that one. I, yeah. And I feel like people would come back around to it, just like people have come back around to Batman and Robin. Yeah. You know? Hated in its day. Yeah. But now, it's a completely different film. Yeah. I feel like people found appreciation for it after the passing of Schumacher. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with, uh, even with Star Wars, with the yeah, prequels. Exactly. People love the prequels. People are coming back around on the prequels yeah. after they've seen the sequels. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, well, I guess we didn't have it so bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we got to talk about this crystal chamber. After the Fortress of Solitude, like... Romantic dinner. Their little dinner date. Yeah. Where he flies and gets Lois flowers. flowers. He, <laughs> from like the Caribbean? Yeah. He brings her some know. takeout. Like, yeah. yeah. No, cool. he comes back with a bag of groceries that he's going to make. Yeah, so the Fortress like of stove? Solitude has like a kitchen. Does it have like a microwave? I'm learning all kinds of new things about mm-hmm. the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> it's got its crazy silver spider web like fuck chamber. Mm-hmm. And that's when he makes the wild decision. Well, it's not even really his decision. It's kind of Lara kind of tells him, like, if you're going to be with her, you have to be with her, like, as a human. Yeah. So this is her, like, uh, like, like Liv Tyler, Lord of the Rings, like, well, I've got to give up mm-hmm. my immortality to be with you, lowly human. 
And for some reason, the Fortress of Solitude has harnessed the power of the Red Sun of Krypton. Or dual suns? Do they have it, it's, it's just a yeah, red sun, yeah. Red, it's just a single red sun. Yeah. And if he goes in this, like, this crystal, which clearly looks plastic, chamber, <laughs> it will take away his power. And he's not changed back with the Earth sun. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You know. it's, I mean, because there's power from the Earth's yellow yeah. sun, yeah. but does nothing to him here. No. So he's just infused we'll with let it slide. so much red, you know. What is what does he call it? What does he tell? A molecule chamber? A molecule Mo- chamber, yeah. yeah. So many molecules are just like running all through him that it's just like sunblock. And see, this is another big departure from the Donner Cut, too. The Donner Cut, this whole sequence is much more um, sacrificial. It seems like, and he's talking to Jor-El, and Jor-El is actually trying to talk him out of it. Oh, uh, okay. In the Donner Cut, it's his decision. Jor-El says, you can't put one human above all of humanity. Okay, yeah. That makes more yeah, sense. So, yeah, completely different cut of this scene. Yeah. Interesting. They kind of let him know of the stakes that are involved. Yeah. Yeah. All the fuck Lois Lane. All just, I mean, well, because it's that classic conversation. If he doesn't do it. He'll just blast right through her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what Kevin Smith movie was that from? Was it Clerks or Mallrats? Mallrats. Okay. There's a lot. I of, thought it was Mallrats. There's a lot of superhero fucking conversation <laughs> in Mallrats. The only one that he can have sex with and bang is is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Safely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he'll just blow right through Lois if he doesn't. So, yeah. So, he, so they don't actually do it until after yeah, he goes to the red chamber. Okay. Interesting. So, he becomes human. And then we get... The crazy scene in the truck stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just to show his vulnerability yeah, now. Yeah, which this scene when I was a kid always made me sad. Bums yeah, me I don't like so this out. scene either. I get it's that it's so there sad. as a purpose. Oh, bums yeah. me out. Just to show that mm-hmm. he's he's weak now. Yeah. But also, without superpowers, does Clark Kent not know how to throw just, a punch? Right, like he can't even defend himself. It's like a, he's a pretty big guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he towers over this guy he's fighting. Yeah, actually. and the dude's older than him. Yeah. It's like he. Oh, the guy dude. does throw a lot of sucker punches. I Almost mean, I every hit is a sucker. The punch. back of the head. Back what of the, the head? hell? Elbow I, when dirty, he's sitting down. Dirty yeah. fighter. But Clark is in like a new body. He's not yeah. used to his he's like a baby bird. Yeah, he's not used to his regular human puny body. And now that he's Clark, but he's human Clark. He. Doesn't wear all the product in his hair. No product. Yeah. So now he's got his like floppy. That 70s. Yeah. 70s hair. Which is like. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a cool look on him. Who did you compare him to? It's, got, it's like 80s Bruce Jenner hair. 80s Bruce yeah. Jenner yeah. hair. Yeah. From back in the day. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So we. we This scene bumps the hell out of Every well, time. Yeah, when he's laying on the ground bleeding and he's like looking at his blood in disbelief and he's like, my blood. My blood. <laughs> my blood. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so crazy. But then this is when on the TV, it's like special report, you know. We've got to um, move the story forward. Special yeah. report. Our earth has been like. <laughs> taken over. Taken over. And I love that the president of the United States is like, and I speak on behalf of the entire earth. Which I have to say <laughs> for this president character, it's just like he didn't really put up. Any of a, he didn't really put up a fight. Well, he used a Padme style decoy. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he also said, but he does say, like, 
I'm going to try and save lives. Yeah. Like, the only reason I'm doing this is because I don't want, you know. He, he, there's a prerequisite. He's like, I'll do it. Yeah. But I'm doing it to save lives. Yeah. And Zod's um, like, well, yours. He, he's probably yeah, not. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to be winning his reelection campaign after the events of this movie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, it, I mean, there are only three of them. I know they have superpowers, but it's like if the entire world is like. I mean, come on. We outnumber them. Have mm-hmm. we tried just evacuating DC and nuking it? Yeah. What the hell? They sat there for days. <laughs> doing no- doing, doing what? Being bored. Hanging and it's out. Like, yeah, meanwhile, the Oval the little... Office. meanwhile, like <laughs> all three of them, what are they going to do on Earth? What's their end game? Like, here? what's their end game? Like, they're yeah. just going to take over the White House. Well, they showed them. They were just sitting around the, the Oval Room, mm-hmm. as, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as Lex Luthor calls it. Hanging around the Oval Room. These two are going to be bored in like the first hour of taking over the, of taking over Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I like when you know it's on in the. Tr- first of all, the staff at the truck stop. I mean, they got to just eighty six. This guy, they knew he was trouble coming in. Yeah, they hear his truck coming up, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. here we go." Yeah, Mister Personality, damaging property, beating up patrons. Yeah, you can just say, you know what, you're not welcome. Yeah, here anymore. no, get out. We're not going to serve you. Yeah. Um, so after all this shit goes down, there's like broken glass everywhere. Clark is like bleeding on the floor and she's like, all right, everybody shows over. I'm turning on the TV. TV. Turn on the box. The box. box. And, Mm -hmm. but then after like, we get this crazy announcement, the like cook or whatever is like, yeah, that's enough of that. Just turns it off. Right. (laughs) Nobody wants any follow up information. USA (laughs) has been taken over by aliens. We're we're done. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. They don't have their phones to pull out. They have to watch TV. I think, I think Columbo's on. Yeah. <laughs> Change it over to Matlock. Um, or Hotel or something that would have been on in the 80s. Love Boat? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Love Boat. Boat yeah. Love Boat. Does Superman immediately just figure he's got to go back? Yeah, after yeah. he gets his ass kicked. How does and he, he get Zod. back to the Fortress of Solitude? Walks. There's a long walking montage. Yeah. He just yeah. walks back to the he North He walks pole. all the way back to the North That's Pole. That's how he got there in the first movie. Quote, yeah. air quotes, teenage Clark Kent. I'm still mad at the casting of this teenage Clark Kent. Oh, yeah. The, the one who was like in his mid to late 20s. What? He's like a year younger than Chris Reeve. Why yeah. did they cast this guy? <laughs> it should have been a way younger kid. But, yeah. I mean, a way younger kid couldn't have walked, I guess, to Antarctica. but um, Or the North Pole, I guess. Antarctica South. So, yeah. So, he gets back to the Fortress of Solitude and finds the green crystal. And he finds the plot device. Yeah. We get a cutaway. Yeah. So we just – he figures it out. <laughs> yeah. Whereas there's much more to that scene in the Donner Cut. There's yeah. a whole dialogue with Jor-El. Mm-hmm. And Jor-El says, I can do this. I can give you back your powers. Mm-hmm. He goes, but it's, it's going to be at a cost. The fortress, myself, will be at no use to you. Oh. Yeah. If he chooses to go back, he gets his powers, but mm-hmm. that's it. He gets no more no contact more with Jor-El, Krypton, okay. Heritage, anything. It's just – it's done. So the sacrifice to become human in the Donner Cut is has much more weight. Sure. Yeah. But that kind of sets up Superman Returns because the whole thing is that after the events of this movie, Superman 2, he just leaves for like a bunch of years. He go, he, mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes to find Krypton. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Because, yeah, it's not really set up that way. It's not set up at all. He just looks around, spots the green crystal, and we cut away back to the White House. Yeah, there's a little bit more setup for it in yeah. uh in the Donner Cut. You can okay. see him kind of looking through rubble because the the control where he put in the green crystal in the Donner Cut 
explodes. Right. Yeah. And it's all black and yeah, and like destroyed charred. in the yeah. in the theatrical. Yeah, but you get more of that yeah. in the in the Donner cut. And okay. he actually like searches for the crystal and then finds it, puts it in, has the conversation with Jor-El. Sure. Cause yeah, because Lois kind of is she has it in her hands and she's just kind of messing with it. And I think she just drops it on the ground. Yeah. At some point. At some mm-hmm. point she just drops it. And I yeah. think that's where he finds it. He just sees it off in the distance like yeah. glowing. Okay. And making that high pitched squeal. Sure. And I guess they found a car somewhere because they drove up to this truck stop. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. did. They were in a car. Yeah. Whose car was Yeah, because Lois has to get herself back to Metropolis somehow. So well, it's she like just drives it. question. Yeah. Well, they, they end up in like... Vehicles? They end up in like Glacier. Yeah, they're driving mm-hmm. through and they're in like... They're in like the mountains. Yeah, they're in the mountains. And that yeah, the truck stop is in the middle of nowhere, it looks like. None of these things would fly in a modern superhero. No, like none. Of them. No, all that see all that stuff gets picked apart so easy now. You yeah. know, yeah. especially with like YouTube and, and Twitter. We've and talked all that about stuff. it's like we talked about this before. That I mean, audiences were not really doing that at this time in the early eighties. No. Yeah, and there was there was no platform to do it. Maybe you mm-hmm. thought of, maybe if you were the kind of person that saw it multiple times in the theater and then thought about it or or you know wrote a saw some review or somebody talked about it. But other than that, like where, you know, where would you write about it for other people to read it and figure it out and everybody comment on it? You know, it's, it's, it's YouTube and it's, and it's Twitter now where people get into this like crazy. I also think audiences back then were just more willing to yeah. suspend disbelief. Yeah. And just they enjoy were, a film. they were yeah, happy to totally. have a Superman movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause prior to this 10 years before Superman, they would have never oh, even no. thought they'd see this type of film. Yeah. Totally. And then, you know, the floodgates were opened with Star Wars and this movie. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's insane what came after this. Yeah. That both of those movies, both of these franchises just really opened the doors to so many things. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how this kind of like started, you know, modern superhero movies. But really, there was kind of a break between the Superman series yeah. and Batman, which kind of re jump-started yeah. everything we had probably about, about like a five-year wait between superman yeah. 4 and then batman 89 which really started to kick everything off yeah then we got into the 90s batman became a long-running franchise and then everything was looked at as a potential film i mean yeah. hell we got a phantom movie i was just yeah. gonna say the phantom the, the phantom the shadow the, the shadow, shadow. Yeah. yeah it's kind of we talked about it on our batman episode but it's kind of warner brothers and other studios taking everything that they probably shouldn't have taken from the 89 Batman movie mm. and replicated it being the 1930s serial aspect of it. Yeah. Are you saying you don't like Dick Tracy? <laughs> Dick Tracy is a pretty weird movie. I mean, a lot of these movies are weird. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. so weird. Like The Shadow. Oh, my God. The sh- I mean, that's a whole. I mean, is did Alec Baldwin just do The Shadow because he was like, he, he regretted really? saying no. Yeah. Yeah. He passed on <laughs> yeah. Batman. Yeah. He's like, son of a God bitch. Damn it. Yeah. Darkman's cool. Darkman is cool. I forget about Darkman. Dark I like Darkman. Yeah. It's, it's a, crazy. It's a weird, strange, it's so weird. dark movie. Yeah. yeah. And the Phantom is Billy Zane. Phantom is Billy Zane. Yeah. We got Liam Neeson in the dark, and Dark uh, Man, yeah. Dark Man, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was uh, also Raimi, also Raimi. yeah, that was Sam Raimi. Raimi, yeah, yep. yep, yeah. Billy Zane, another person who probably would have been a great uh, Batman. Yeah, sure, yeah. he would have been a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. Hmm. But I was just thinking of there was one in oh Flash Gordon. Yeah, like mm-hmm. early eighties. But that, oh, yeah. yeah, 
that's also just kind of like off the rails. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as far as like uh, mainstream successful, like you know, almost like prestige movies, like Batman and Superman are just like yeah. You and there was it was like top. Superman kind of mm-hmm. set the standard, yeah. And then we didn't really have set anything until Batman in eighty nine, mm-hmm. yeah. Which much like Superman changed a lot of the source material, which then became canon for the character. Yeah, I was gonna say what they did in those movies. It wasn't like. What the animated movies do so well, the DC animated movies, is they pick particular storylines and they're like, boom, we're going to do that. And yeah. then they follow them you know, fairly well. But I think especially with Batman, they were just like picking and choosing from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with Superman. It's Superman and Batman. They just kind of chose familiar characters yeah. and themes and they just wrote original stories. Yeah. Kind of leading with casting, especially yeah. for the 89 Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we should talk about their final, like, showdown in, in oh, Metropolis. Boy. So good. You know, we always give modern superhero movies a lot of shit for destroying cities. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, Especially after Man of Steel. Yeah. Man of Steel, which is like September 11th <laughs> times 10. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, why do they have to destroy the city in every movie? They were doing it in this movie. But yeah, yeah. they really knocked the hell out of Metropolis. In yeah, this movie. Metropolis gets fucked up. It's a smaller, you know, scale. Yeah, it's it's in I like love a, a certain area. Yeah. A couple of I love blocks. all of the extras that they got in the scene. Oh yeah. The extras were just like playing it up, which is also another Lester thing. Yeah. A lot of this silliness was is out in the Donner cut. Uh, I think Lester really played around with the idea of just this kind of silly humor aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Like the two cops when we first get uh, the trio in oh, yeah. Idaho. Yeah. There's a long scene before we see Zod, Ursa, and Nan where they're just talking about eating fish. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to eat fish. And, yeah. yeah. It's, and then you get a lot of that with these extras in, mm-hmm. this, in this scene. So there's – in particular, there's a whole – set piece where Zod is using his like super breath to both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Zod mm-hmm. and Ursa are, are non, maybe all three. Of them. I think it was all three of them. I think yeah. they stood in like a formation and mm-hmm. they were using their breath to use their super breath. They, you know, get Superman thrown up against a bus and like another bus on top of him. It's a whole big accident. But while this is all happening, there's some crazy nonsense with the people in the crowd. We've got a woman's wig flies off her head. <laughs> yep. Uh, is there a guy carrying food that flies out of his hands? There, uh, an ice cream cone. Yeah, flies off the cone. The ice cream <laughs> flies into somebody's face. Someone in a phone booth. The phone yeah. booth gets knocked over, knocked over, dragged several feet. Still, still having a conversation. That's still a talking very, on the phone. It's like something that would happen to Mole Man on The Simpsons. Yeah. To say nothing of the roller skating mime. Yeah. <laughs> it was like blown away on skates. But, can we also talk about <laughs> Metropolis for just a second? Yeah. Is it New York? Right. Or is it not? Right. Yeah. Why does every single Superman movie the trade center area yep. yeah, has a trade mm-hmm. and it also has the Statue of Statue Liberty, Liberty in every film? Yeah. Every film. Once again, one of those kind of details they just didn't really care about. Or is this like alt geography and New York doesn't exist in this version? Right. Right. In New York, there you know is Metropolis. Like, right. I don't, yeah. well, isn't it that? Uh, Metropolis is New York and like Philadelphia is Gotham. Mm, kind of if you were to look at the at the geography of DC. New York, uh, it's it's hotly to be, see I always got yeah. Gotham as being like Detroit. 
Sure. But that said, isn't it in in Donna Justice? Aren't they like neighboring cities? Yeah, Yeah, they're sister cities across the bay. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it works for the story of that film. Sure. But yeah, I don't particularly love it. It works for the lazy script writing of that. Of that one. Uh, and then if you look at The Dark Knight, it's, you know, obviously like Chicago. Chicago. I was going to mm-hmm. say, in Dark Knight, it's clearly Chicago. Yeah. There, The first movie... The f- uh, yeah, Begins is a little yeah. unclear. I think they did a the lot... They did a lot more CG work in, in Batman Begins to make it kind of its own city. But by the time you get to Dark Knight, it is uh, well, clearly... By the time they get to Dark Knight Rises, they're just like, sure, we're going to... We're just going to fucking film downtown LA. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shots of downtown. I mean, LA. for me, for my money's worth, it never it doesn't get any better than the Burton era Gotham. Yeah, I the big just like Art Deco mm-hmm. statues holding buildings up. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just really great, and that's that's one instance where it's like clearly they went out of their way to make a unique yeah. you know cityscape. But yeah, this is they're in. Is it? Are they in Times Square? With the big neon Coca-Cola sign? It seems like it it would be Times Square. I always remember they they pick up a bus, and it's got a a bus ad for Evita. Evita. The play Evita. And as a kid, I was like, what is that? Is that a word? What is Evita? I didn't know know what that was. Yeah. But as a kid, you always saw it right there, you know, in front of your face. Just like you see the Marlboro (laughs) cigarettes truck. That shot of Superman going through the cigarette truck is crazy. And that's kind of one of those things that when you watch a Transformers movie and you just bitch about the product placement, but this movie is just as bad as those ones are. Oh, yeah, Marvel, Coca Cola, mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think Lois's brand of cigarettes is Marlboro. Oh, you pro- see her they chain have to smoking. be. Yeah, they have to be. And I think Reds. they're drinking cokes <laughs> at the desks. Yeah, just smoking a pack of Reds in the office. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? What a time with your orange juice. What else? To yeah, watch? it's healthy <laughs> to wash it down. <laughs> oh man! So, um, but Superman does lure them away mm-hmm. from the city, which is a big complaint of Man of Steel. That's right. Yes. Why yeah. doesn't? That's Superman why lure them our away? friend and past guest Dylan did not like Man of Steel. Yeah. Was for that very reason. Well, they also kind of learned their lesson in Batman versus Superman. Yeah, when they're fighting Doomsday at the end, they talk about taking them to Gotham Harbor because there's there's less structures and less people. Yeah, so they kind of learned their lesson there. But yeah, that's a, it was a big point of contention for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So Al- much destruction. Although in this movie, when he does leave, he doesn't get a chance to tell everybody like I'm luring them away. He just takes off, and, and they, everybody's like, "What the hell?" And they call him a coward. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, Superman just left us. And yeah, then there's that one bitchy woman in the office that. Really doesn't oh, like yeah. Superman for some yeah, reason. What is her deal? And she's hot for non. She's like, ooh, mm-hmm. that big one. Yeah. <laughs> He's just as powerful as Superman. <laughs> she likes a strong, silent type. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I forget about her. Oh, man. Lois, like, fully puts her hand on that woman's face and yep. pushes her away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some crazy stuff with uh, the way people get thrown through buildings in in this movie, though. Yeah. like I mean, they pretty much just make, like, a... They pretty much just make a, a a new window in the Daily Planet. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that supervillains have no respect for doors. <laughs> I mean, even whenever they're they fly out and make a new window, but even when they're walking in, they just non just walks in like walls. kicking down walls. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, totally. so much sugar glass. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, so Superman does eventually lead them back to the Fortress of Solitude with, I guess, with the intention of putting them in the. The molecule chamber, mm-hmm. right? 
I love the fact that they fly Lex and Lois on their backs. Zod, <laughs> Zod carries no one. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so they show Lois on Nan's back. So that means that Ursa is carrying yeah. Lex Luthor on her back from Metropolis all the way to the North Pole. Is that just a, sh- a show of disrespect? Yeah. I want to say I want to say that they that they asked Gene to do that scene and he was like, "No." You know, there's a lot of stuff with him bumbling around the background, climbing down like ice walls and I'm like, "Is that Gene?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually him. Okay. The crazy like Superman crests like oh cellophane <laughs> The cellophane what, net. What is going on? Like they you just peel. Doesn't even peel off. It like duplicates. It just yeah. It just, and he throws it. It just appears. into a cellophane net that does nothing. No, essentially nothing. It slows him down. Like for a second. Mm. Yeah, for yeah. a second. There are some powers that they exhibit in this movie that are questionable. Yeah. Well, I love the. I love the creating new powers to fit the scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because at one point they even say. You have all the same powers as Superman, but seemingly they have telekinesis. Yes. Like when they pull, yeah. when they pull the gun out of the cop's hand, they point and, and a white beam comes out of their finger and they pull. It's like, well, I've never seen Superman do yeah. that. Yeah. And then this fight, the cellophane S is one thing, <laughs> but then they all seemingly duplicate themselves Yeah, using – I guess they're just moving really fast and it seems like – I mean if I'm putting – if I'm trying to put like some right. real world. Yeah, yeah. But then they duplicate themselves. And this is something Superman has done several times before because he says he used to do this in school. I was like, what? In, <laughs> yeah. in Smallville? When mm-hmm. did you do this? To in other school? children? Yeah. Like, I thought it was kind of like a like talking about Krypton, but he couldn't have because he no. was never there. Yeah, that is weird. It's, yeah, the creating powers. And mm-hmm. this this is a trend that continues throughout the films. In oh, yeah, it gets four, worse. Yeah. In 4, uh, Nuclear Man destroys the Great Wall of China. <laughs> Superman flies behind him and has blue fix-it vision, and he fixes the Great Wall of China. Uh, it's Yeah. Yeah, that's that scene in particular. This is it's a trend crazy. that continues through all of the films. Mm-hmm. The just, fix-it vision is just like, it kind of reverses. Yeah, time, it yeah. rebuilds the wall. And <laughs> don't get me started on Superman spinning the Earth the other way around. and To reverse time? To it's reverse like, time. That's not how time works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just destroyed the planet. You don't know. <laughs> it could. <laughs> that but, would like... Put the Earth off its off its axis or something. Oh, that's yeah. just, and just like one of those things. Audiences mm-hmm. this time just didn't. They're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's something that you would have seen in a comic from like the 30s. And I think that's yeah. what these films did yeah. really well. Is they like Superman is wearing a bright, colorful costume. You know, he's doing crazy things like reversing time by flying backwards. It's like people of like audiences this time just like got like they're fine. Yeah, that yeah. works. That completely works. And I think the costuming choices and everything of these like earlier superhero films, I mean, they're Marvel's kind of getting it now. But the costumes are so like uh I don't know, they're so thick and like yeah. formed and where I miss the simple days of like a superhero just put on tights. Yeah. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the Phantom, Billy Zane was just wearing purple tights. Yep. You know? Totally. And it worked. At least the with the movie might not have worked, but it's yeah, you know. yeah. At least with Thor, they're giving him a lot of uh, their sleeveless costumes. Yeah. yeah, they're showing off his arms a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's I really mean, it. I think. I mean, I've told you guys this before. I said, that's a big, big problem for me. It's like 
Chris Reeves wasn't the most built guy, yeah. but he was in good shape and he wore tights and it looked good on him. Yeah. You get to people like Chris Evans, uh, Henry Cavill, these people have just the most impressive physiques, yeah. but then we're going to put them in like four layers of like polyurethane. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. get it. I mean, and Zack Snyder, who is not afraid of showing oh, the yeah. male form in his he movies. Loves, he all. loves a good like Tom of Finland reference, that one. Yeah. I mean, um, those those gods the Greek, in Justice League. Yes. This <laughs> that Zeus, Whew. that Zeus though. So and and I think with uh, with Superman and with Henry Cavill, I think he takes uh, a lot of he takes measures to make him shirtless as Clark a lot mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yeah, because yeah. that whole resurrection scene, he's just oh, yeah. in tattered pants and that's it. Well, I remember being in the movie theater in 2013 for Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. When he came from behind that yeah. house after he saved the oil rig, yeah. jogging in his like Incredible Hulk tattered pants, yeah, yeah, and no shirt, it was like <laughs> I, I was no joke in a theater full of almost all women, and I heard them all go, <laughs> and even myself, I went, damn, yeah, like that's impressive. That it's like uh, like Mister Universe, like they're carrying the big rock from one mm-hmm. point to the other. Like, that's the whole competition. <laughs> like, how far can you carry this huge rock? But it's just so disappointing now to see modern superhero costumes. Yeah. Just, like, you don't get to see these impressive physiques. And that's why they put in scenes like Chris Evans trying to hold a helicopter back. It's like, <laughs> yeah. we got to show those guns off, guys. Or yeah. Chris Evans just chopping wood. Yeah, yeah. for no reason. Mm-hmm. I mean... Chopping Hawkeye's, you know, fireplace wood yeah. while he talks to Tony. Punching that punching bag. Yeah. Yeah. Get that that first shot of America's ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally one scene of Paul Rudd in Ant Man where he was jacked. Every other scene in a in a costume. Couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the thing, especially a guy like Paul Rudd or, or, or like talking Kumail, to Kumail. Yeah, yeah that, do they need to get that jacked if they're just going to wear these costumes? Yeah, probably not. I guess at least in the X Men movies, Wolverine just wears his. His muscle tee. Yeah. His muscle tank. He yeah. doesn't fully embrace the costume until the end, which he thinks is stupid and makes fun of spandex. <laughs> he says, what would you rather wear, yellow spandex? Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe. Oh, kind of. <laughs> I prefer it, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the Superman suit in this movie, too, I feel like there was issues with the color because of the blue screen technology. Yeah, I think that's oh, sure. why it's a different shade of blue. Yeah. But I got to say this. Is it a little more royal? It's a little lighter, I think. It's, it's a, very oh, bright. lighter. It's, it's lighter. very bright. Yeah. I guess, yeah. It, I guess it couldn't be darker. It couldn't yeah. go darker. Yeah. It's more muted, like mm-hmm. a lighter blue. Yeah. But I got to say this costume is fantastic. It's comic book accurate. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I, I love the cape. Yeah, it's great. I love the cape. Mm-hmm. Superman's cape is always an issue for me. Yeah. As someone who loves Superman, I hated his cape in Man of Steel. I'm glad they went back to a cloth cape versus that leather vinyl it's thing in like Superman Returns. It's leather in Superman Returns. It's so which thick. Which has no give. It so doesn't heavy. look good on And they film. didn't put the S on the Superman cape, mm-hmm. right? No, no costume on film has had the S on the cape after Lois and Clark. That's lame. Okay. Lois and Clark had it. No one else has it. I love the S on the cape. Yeah. But I like, I also, it's for me, the, one of the big problems is the length. Is I, the, for right. me the perfect length is behind the knee. Sure, I hated, oh, I hated just Cavill's, just going up your calf. Yeah, I hated Cavill's cape because it touched the ground. It's so long. That scene in Man of Steel where he decides to go talk to Zod and he's in the desert 
his cape is touching the ground and it's dirty. The dirty, yeah, dirty. it is. Like, I noticed I that, that when I watched it the other day. He's walking into the yeah. ship and, and from dirty. the back it's dirty. I was like, that works for Batman. Batman's yeah. cape can drag all day long. That looks cool. Yeah. Superman's cape, for me, the perfect length is just behind the knee there, right above the calf. Yeah. Interesting. And it's always been a big, a big issue for me. I don't, it seems like a stupid thing. No, yeah. But it's always like this. I like I like the Shazam the shorty cape the little shorty yeah, yeah. <laughs> shorty cape with the hood yeah Shazam's cape is like to his back <laughs> I thought the costume design in Shazam was fun because they were I mean it was it was They're kind of it was physique. kind of winking at the audience of this is sort of your cliched superhero costume and it just worked with the material well, I, I felt like they kind of got it they were yeah. kind of trying to pull back to something like this and i remember us talking about at one of ashley from keep it weird's parties of because the images of that had just leaked mm. online oh. and just being like oh my god like what is up with this, this? it looks crazy what is up with this shazam movie like jacked zachary levi yeah mm-hmm. what do you think of man of steel costume having no red uh red panties <laughs> I don't I to modernize Superman I don't mind yeah. not having the red sure. undies. Yeah. I, I mean, want the red undies. Like, <laughs> I want the red briefs. I'm I'm kind of good either way. Yeah. I'm not one of these people like I have strong opinions about the cape, but I don't have very strong opinions about the yeah. undies. As the long briefs. as there's some sort of yeah. red that draws my eye to that area like a belt or something, which Man of Steel didn't even have no. that. That's why I like the Hecklin suit. He doesn't have the undies, but he's got a red belt. Red belt. Yeah. And it kind of draws the eye. Yeah. Um I wonder if they did costume tests with red briefs. Snyder says they had almost a hundred different versions. I'm sure, of yeah. And they tried. He he tried to assure the fans they tried so hard to do the briefs, and it didn't work for what he was doing. Brandon mm-hmm. Routh's briefs are very low waisted. Yeah, they're almost. His I mean, belt is almost like speed. His belt is I mean, really low. Go figure. Yeah, with that director, a gay man directed that movie. Yeah, so. yeah, they're almost like a speedo. Yeah, he also has a very. If you notice, he's got a very high collar. Oh, too. okay. It comes up so high. Yeah, whereas Reeve shows a little bit of clavicle. Yeah, yeah, and, and so Cavill's is like oh, super. Well, low. Cavill, you get that. Yeah, that chest, that chest hair, hair bursting out. Yep, and Brandon Routh's suit, his uh, Superman insignia is i feel like it's the smallest on screen it is yeah. it's the smallest and it's like it's where we started to get into like the 3d yes it's like mm-hmm. raised yeah it's textured he or also had a second suit in that movie that we just don't pay attention to really at the very beginning when he comes back from krypton he's wearing an all gray suit with, oh. with no cape huh it's a head-to-toe gray suit kind of uh, echoing like what they would do later with like the black suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gray. Yeah. Cape. It's interesting. Also, when you do a when I did a Google search right now of Brandon Ralph, that weird scuba texture is in that suit. Yeah. yeah. So that's when they introduced it in Superman. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I remember there was a reading the behind the scenes stuff on that suit. There was a scene where they had to build different suits for him doing different things. Yeah. And he lifted one time yeah. to lift that car in the scene with, like, Parker Posey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, the, I've, I actually really like that suit. It's just too dark for me. It's um, dark. Sure. But he ripped the suit. Yeah. And they they said that that's like crashing a Mercedes. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, my God. This image of Brandon Ralph, like, he is straight up wearing, like, Aussie bum swim briefs. The colors of his suit, the color scheme of his suit is the same color scheme of, like, Dark Superman in Superman 3. Yeah. I feel like the red is too maroon. It's too maroon. Yeah. yeah. The blue is fine. The blue's good. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in the um, 
in Superman three, it was like a dirty blue and he was yeah, like yeah, dirty yeah. blue and purple. Yeah. But I think that was also that's supposed to be their take on Bizarro. Right. Yeah. Which, totally. which works. Yeah. For that. But that, that's also a wild scene. <laughs> Superman <laughs> I, just splits into two different people. Yeah. Because that is of weird. Because of bad kryptonite. Mad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I think with these kinds of suits and you see it in the Batman movies, especially because the Burton, the first two Burton Batman movies, that suit is probably is like a rubber yeah. or something. And rubber does not crease well. So there are cutouts in parts. There are cutouts under the arms. Yeah, you'll see yeah. like when, yeah. when he lifts his arm, there's like a, a scuba suit mm-hmm. kind of underneath it that's like adhered to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that because when it you know when you crease that it'll pucker. And then and kind of have that. later maybe in the in the bail suit and maybe in the Affleck suit it's almost like a leather jacket material yeah it's i don't mm-hmm. understand what's well the the christian bale suit too is looks like he's almost wearing something and there's like pieces of armor yeah. on top of yeah. it yeah yeah after begins his thing he became kind of like armor plated yeah, pl- I, yeah and i don't plated. know if it's just nostalgia but i also, also kind of miss those rubber muscle suits yeah yeah <laughs> i mean if you're not going to show off the actor's physiques at least give him like a cool rubber muscle suit right yeah that was the one thing i liked about the uh the nick cage version i mean yeah we all saw the crazy concept suits and everything but there's this picture floating around of him in the costume he would have worn on film and it's a it's a rubber muscle suit straight out of batman 89 <laughs> and it actually doesn't look terrible yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember when we finally saw what the yeah. actual suit was going to be i was like that's fine that's it was cool. just his dopey face and the long hair that yeah. looked bad <laughs> yeah but that was that era of superman he had that length of hair he didn't did. he yeah he came back from the dead in yeah the comics and he had a mullet yeah and, you know and if that weird Kevin Smith and Tim Burton movie would have happened that would have been released around 98 99 if that stuck to its release date I believe so yeah okay yeah mm. you know what I find interesting about casting Superman talking about Nick Cage and the hair is that something that the animated movies can do but I wonder how a live action movie would do is casting Superman that big because the animated oh, yeah. movies he's like a fucking shithouse like tank guy like broad shoulders i mean thick henry cavill's a pretty like, big dude though but no but like mr incredible big sure yeah but i mean henry yeah. cavill when he was cast also wasn't that big yep he this had is just true the immortals yeah. and he was very lean he was yeah he was closer to chris reeve size yeah he gained that muscle mm-hmm. for superman oh i forgot about the immortals that's another one we saw some, that we saw that bullshit in the theater with some male bodies on display yep <laughs> that's like is this not Zack Snyder? It's like oh. Henry Cavill, <laughs> Luke Evans, <laughs> yeah, three hundred vibes, yeah, a uh, bunch of men in loincloths. Definitely. What's his name? What's his name from Twilight? Uh, oh, uh, t- t- um, Kellen Lutz. Kellen Lutz. Yeah, Lutz. <laughs> yeah, that movie's wild. <laughs> that movie's crazy. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing beats that that actor who's Zeus in uh, in the Snyder Cut because mm-hmm. that shit is wild. So it's interesting. We were just talking about on our Starship Troopers episode of Mm -hmm. actors that are almost too handsome. I think that Mm -hmm. we were talking about actors like Casper Van Dien and James Marsden that are just maybe a little too handsome. Can you really buy them? As like as an everyman, an everyman, or like a lawyer or a doctor in a movie, because they're just too handsome. And I think that's maybe part of the problem with Christopher's career after these movies is that he's just too good looking. And I kind of wonder if the same thing is 
gonna happen with Henry Cavill. Sure. Henry's a very attractive yeah, man. I, agree. I mean, you look at him; he like he looks like he's chiseled out of yeah. marble. You know, and yeah. it's it's but yeah, it's like his. Although, or is it the Superman curse? Yeah, you know, that's another thing. Is he too good looking? Which yeah. he's a very good looking man. I mean, there are so many scenes in this movie where we just close up on those blue eyes. Yeah, and it's like it's insane. But is it the Superman curse, or is it? That he's just too good looking. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's happened to several people who've played Superman who haven't been on that level, like Dean Cain. Yeah. I mean, Dean Cain's problematic for other reasons. Right, now, right. But, and also but just Brandon Rowe. And also just know, Dean Cain just yeah. kind of has always just read TV actor, too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody like Brandon Routh is another guy who's 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, yes. Looks like he does. Congratulations. Looks on that like face. a <laughs> looks like a giant Ken doll. Yeah. And it's like, and probably even more so in person, yeah. reads like Oh holy shit! You are like you are a yeah. You are a, I'm gonna go back to my cave now. Yeah, you are yeah. a very <laughs> handsome man. But it's like Brandon Routh is kind of has a little bit of a career renaissance right now with the DC television. Oh, that's right. Universe. Yeah, yeah, and also having another chance to play Superman again, which is right. fantastic. Yeah, I what, love seeing him suit up again. So what's going on with this uh, with the Superman situation? With the the, the TV show? It's for yeah. Well, it's this was for. for he suited up again as Superman from uh, was it a, a special called Crisis on Infinite Earth. It was the Infinite Earth Crisis. Okay, yes. this was their... And what's even more amazing about that is he didn't just suit up to play Superman again. He suited up to play the same Superman from Superman Returns. Yeah. The office that they use when he's playing Clark looks almost ex- identical to the okay. office from the movie. I mean, obviously, they didn't have the budget, so they shot in like a corner office. Yeah. Not the big bullpen thing. But there's newspaper stories that you see from Superman Returns like on the wall. Oh, wow. So he's getting a, a literal second chance at playing that character, just yeah. an older version of that character. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. He mm-hmm. looked great. And what was even funnier about it is I love Tyler Hecklin Superman. I think he's a great Superman. Uh, but you put him next to Brandon Routh, oh, who man. is much bigger. Yeah. And even like older, like he's filled out more. Yeah. And he's just like seeing those two Supermen together. I'm like, there's no comparison. There's, <laughs> like, there's no comparison. That's funny. I wonder if HBO Max is ever going to get that. I really hope so. Yeah. There's been talks of him coming back to play that character for uh, an HBO Max series, but I don't know if it's just rumors. I mean, I would love it. So was Crisis on Infinite Earth part of, I know when they do the crossovers on Flash and Arrow and all that, it's kind of like, one episode's on The Flash and one episode's on Arrow. So you kind of have to find yeah. if you want to watch it all. I wonder how that can play out if they were if they were to put that on HBO Max or something. It's interesting because I didn't think they were even thinking about doing that stuff with yeah. HBO Max. But now, uh, now they have the first five episodes of Superman and Lois on HBO Max. Yeah. So obviously they're looking to that as some sort of distribution route mm-hmm. for these shows. Because they had made an exclusive deal with Netflix where oh. a week after the show ended, it would be on Netflix. Oh. Okay. And Crisis on Infinite Earths was just a separate, like, TV miniseries that was, like, the super friends of all the CW shows. It was the culmination yeah. of they, all okay. of their shows thrown together. That's really they made, cool. like, a Justice League yeah. in that, in mm-hmm. that in miniseries, and it was great. Yeah. it was, And it was right around the time that that uh, Endgame came out. I mean, this came out in, like, tw- this came out in like 2020. Did it? Oh, I thought it was it's right a, when Endgame. It says, I thought it was 19. It says IMDb. It says release date uh, April 28th, 2020. That's crazy. That's not true. I No. Yeah. I, okay. I feel like that's <laughs> nice. I feel like it was It was definitely pre-pandemic. Yeah, so. it was. Even this, even this poster kind of looks like Endgame. Yeah. I think they're really capitalizing mm-hmm. on that. Well, I think they're yeah. just doing a lot of great things on television right now. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like 
I mean, when you when you look at streaming services, sure, but like, I honestly feel like with what's happening in the DC Comics characters on film, there are some real winners. I love Wonder Woman. I loved Aquaman. Aquaman was a ton of fun. Yeah, so much fun. But I feel like DC is really winning at television. Oh yeah, yeah. Marvel has the films. Yeah, and they hold that kingdom, and that's great. But I feel like DC is really oh, yeah. winning at the films or the television, and mm-hmm. they're animated. Films. They're animated. Mm-hmm. Their animated films are really good. Yeah, super strong. They're not all winners, but they're yeah. good. I still just think it's a little bizarre and a missed opportunity that they didn't get the Russo brothers to really rein in. I mean, I guess Zack Snyder kind of did, but I think that just what those newer DC movies needed was a good roadmap. It's like, just do a sequel to Ma- of like Man of Steel before you jump to Donna Justice. But that's the pro- I think that's the problem with Warner Brothers DC mm-hmm. is they want that Disney Marvel They want money that instant gratification. Now, without yeah. doing the work. It's yeah. like, yeah, we're getting these huge Avengers films, but what they don't understand is Marvel put in 10 years to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know they did the work. You can't just be like, okay, here's a Superman movie, and now in the sequ- the supposed sequel to Superman, we're just going to introduce the entire Justice League via Lex Luthor watching security footage on a <laughs> computer, <laughs> and somehow has already named them all. When Bruce Wayne got that footage, it already said the Aquaman, yeah, Flash. They had logos too. He had, had like logos. a graphic designer make <laughs> logos for these superheroes. It's just it. all of oh their Marvel and credit scenes. Yeah, yeah, totally. In one weird scene, just to kind of give us the Justice League. Yeah. Although I will say, with the release of the Snyder Cut, I can see Snyder's vision. Yeah, I can totally. See what he was going yeah. for mm-hmm. because the Justice League that was released in 2017 was a mess. Yeah. And that's, I mean, going kind of going back to Superman 2, they brought in uh, Danny Elfman to do the music mm-hmm. when they did that 2017. And he brought back his Batman theme. And to a degree, he brought back the Superman. John Williams Superman theme. Yep. But it doesn't track for me because those aren't these characters. Yeah. They, I mean, Superman had a very defined theme in Man of Steel. It's like we didn't need to rewrite that yeah. to bring back this theme. Like this is, to me... This Williams theme is it's is so good. Chris yeah. Reeve, I mean, it's John like, Williams is the master. That yeah. John Williams score for Superman, like, is movie magic. Oh yeah, like it just takes you emotionally to like the next level when watching a movie like this. And even the the long opening sequence where we get the credits kind yeah. of flying at us, and you have this just like prolonged Superman theme. I'm I'm in it the whole time. I'm never oh, yeah. bored. It's just it's yeah. a great theme. And Williams does such a good job of bringing emotion with music. I mean, we've seen it a hundred times over Superman, Star Wars. I mean, he's got so many great yeah. credits. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about that Superman curse. And also oh, yeah. some of these, if, if you go to Christopher Reeve's Wikipedia page, there's an entire section, Roles Turned Down by Christopher Reeve. Oh, let's hear some. And some of them were pre-Superman. So... Um, well, maybe not actually. Right around the same time, American Gigolo in the World According to Garp. So he, so he would have been the Richard, Richard Gear character in American Gigolo. And the World According to Garp went to his best friend Robin Williams. Yeah, there were roomies so, at Juilliard with each other. They were very close. I mean, I doubt he was up for the John Lithgow role. But let's see. After those, we get Splash, Fatal Attraction. Splash, okay, really? yeah, Splash. Fatal Attraction. I think with Splash, though, it is kind of a thing where they went through everybody. Sure, and like everybody, everybody people. either read or no, they all turned it down. Oh, sure. It was yeah. this mermaid movie. Do you think it was less comedic? 
Probably it might Tom have been, Hanks yeah, until Tom Hanks is came it the, along. a Beverly Hills Cop situation? Yeah, probably. And I think a lot of people were just like, "What the fuck?" Like, no, I'm not going to do I'm all, not, your mermaid. I'm not movie, doing. Disney. I'm not doing this kids mermaid yeah. movie. Yeah. So that so everybody turned it down, and Tom Hanks was the last holdout. Fatal Attraction went to uh, Michael Douglas. Roman- okay, romancing the stone. Sure, and Michael Douglas. I could see you easily putting. Oh, well, I could see him Christopher in either of those. Too, he yeah. said he got a lot of action movies, and okay. that he was like, uh, didn't think he wanted to be an action star. So, romancing the stone, Lethal Weapon. I was going to say, I was going to ask if Lethal Weapon is lethal on there, weapon. and also that's yeah. well, that's that's, Donner. that's Dick yeah, Donner, yeah. Donner, and uh, Body Heat. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which who directed Body Heat? That was Lawrence Kasdan. And that went to William Hurt. So, yeah, some interesting movies that he turned down. And then post-accident, um, post he was offered Mason Verger in Hannibal. Oh. Okay, which sure. Which was ultimately played mm-hmm. by Gary Oldman. I don't know that they would have been – he would have been able to do prosthetics. Yeah, With that would have been too. Yeah, that would have been, been too, much. too much. Yeah, they would never have been able to make the cast. First of all, so the process they would they would have had to have changed the whole like burn victim aspect. Sure, of the character. Yeah. Well, it's not he's a, not a burn victim. Not a, he like yeah. sliced off his face. Yeah, they would have had to have done something. But he turned that. That would I mean, that might have been why he turned it down. Just yeah. saying, it's I you know we can't do the the makeup. But it would have been interesting because he did mm-hmm. still act. He yeah. was in a TV act. movie of Rear Window with Daryl Hannah. Yeah. In the late 90s. Yeah. And then, of course, he made his return to the Superman universe with Smallville. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, how fucking tragic, man. This yeah, so sad. Like, geez, Louise. He had just – he had, uh, like, a four-year-old son with his with his wife. This is his second wife. Thrown from a horse when he was horseback riding, right? Two teenage right? kids. Yeah. Thrown from a horse, breaks his, breaks his neck. It was a spinal, spinal, spinal cord injury. injury oh, yeah. my goodness. I think it was spinal and and uh, lower neck. Yeah, but His like complete never married either. Yeah, she stayed with him. She's, yeah, she's, and didn't she die like right she, after he died? Too? She died of lung cancer. Oh my yeah. god, that is so tragic. Ashley's show on Keep It Weird did a little segment of the Superman curse. Oh, did they? If you wanted to track okay. down that episode, yeah, it's on. It's on. It's on one of their Holly Weird episodes. Mm-hmm. Did you see Hollywoodland? Yes, with I did. Ben Affleck, I did. That was a good movie. It was a good movie. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It's kind of fun seeing Ben Affleck play Batman after I've seen him in a Superman costume. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is. And Ben Affleck like perfectly cast as George Reeves. Yeah, and he, I, I mean, I think he was wearing when he was in the suit. I think he was wearing some, uh, like something in the suit to bulk him up because sure, George Reeves was very like yeah. barrel chested. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he was he was cast perfectly. I thought. Yeah. So sad. And George Reeves is it still a mystery? It's did still he, up in the air himself? if it's it's still up in it's the air if it's suicide or murder. Unsolved. Interesting. So this is so the Superman curse is that everybody that's played Superman has gone on to tragic ends somehow. Or at least their career. And I think the argument with, yeah. with yeah. Brandon Ralph is that his career kind of died. But I mean, that's kind of being proven wrong now. Because yeah. he is making a little bit of a comeback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, several years. He's no longer on Legends of Tomorrow, but several years on a very successful show. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with uh I could see Cavill. Henry Cavill having a post superhero career kind of like Chris Hemsworth of that everything that Chris Hemsworth is in does not do that well at the box office. 
Yeah. And I feel like Henry is already pivoting some, but he's, I mean, is he playing Superman more? We don't know. He might right, be done, right. but like, you know, we've already seen it with man from uncle and mission impossible. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who, who's to say, I mean, I'm hoping he'll, I mean, the witcher is wildly successful. So that's yes, true. Yeah. yeah. And I know that the, the witcher is sort of his pet project that he's just kind of a big, yeah. Geek at heart. I mean, he's a big old nerd. Yeah. I mean, he a, likes to repair big, computers. Old, handsome nerd. I mean, <laughs> talk about God giving with Sexy both nerd. hands. Right? <laughs> like, I'm just, it kind of makes me angry. Yeah, I've seen yeah. those pictures kind of resurface of him working on the computer. In his tank top. And it's, yeah. just, it's just too much. <laughs> I mean, the rumor is that he almost missed getting the call for Superman because he was doing a raid in World of Warcraft. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I love that, though. Like, he's just such a big nerd. He was yeah. playing video games and almost missed the chance to be Superman. But, you know, the thing is, it's like he got so big for Superman. And, like, even in The Witcher, you're just like, oh, my God, he looks He never crazy. lost it. Yeah. He just, he stayed big. Yeah. His body in The Witcher is crazy of just how <laughs> lean so he is. How huge, but how lean he is in that movie. Yeah. That, that does not look healthy. <laughs> <laughs> healthier than me but i love all, i love all the stories of just like henry cavill being so ripped that they have to keep redoing his costume yeah because he like keeps they, busting out of it yeah they told him to <laughs> to stop putting on muscle for man of steel oh my god and then he kept breaking the costume for oh the witcher fuck. because he's just too big oh man and he tried to lean down for the witcher and that's why i said that he looks a little unhealthy because it's just like are you are you like just like his veins are like right yeah, at the top like, of the skin are you doing okay yeah <laughs> Have to stick him in a hot tub, he'll drink be fine. Some, yeah, drink some water. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch anything of The Witcher besides the first episode. It was good, but it was it's not York. It was just really complicated. That I think that you just have to be immersed in that world to really enjoy the show. Yeah. Well, it's got a complicated timeline that the producers have said we're not doing for the second season. Oh, okay, cool. Because I think that that's kind of what threw us. Yeah, it's a whole, like, when does this story take place mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it all comes together at the end. I really enjoyed it. But, yeah, you they won't be doing that in season yeah. two. Okay, all right. So, yeah, I guess not. Henry's doing okay with his career yeah. right yeah. now as far as yeah. the Superman curse goes. I mean, Dean Cain was never a great actor. Yeah. Besides mm-hmm. being problematic in other ways, which you wouldn't find out about <laughs> until, like, Trump got elected. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. he came back. He was on a couple episodes of Supergirl playing her father. Oh, okay. That's yeah, she played uh, Papa Danvers. I can't remember oh, okay. his name, but he was he was her father on a couple episodes. He kind of came. I love how all of these Superman actors eventually kind of make their way. They go back, back to, to the it, Superman yeah. universe. Yeah, we're, once, we're yeah, just waiting for small, we're just waiting for Terry Gar. <laughs> Cast you Terry, Terry Gar. Hatcher? Or, uh, Terry Hatcher. <laughs> Hatcher. We're just we're Hatcher just waiting for Terry Hatcher. Yep. She was in Smallville. She, she was oh. Lois's mother in Smallville. We <laughs> oh, only Because they, they didn't put old age makeup or anything, so we saw her via videotape. Oh, sure. So she got to look, you know. Okay. She got to look at all her Terry Hatcher greatness yeah. without being old. When I was a kid, I used to think Terry Hatcher and Phoebe Cates were the same person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Terry Hatcher works as the actress who who's Lois in Smallville. She works as her mom, I think. Yeah. Right. Wait. Wait. Did she uh, play Lois's mom or no? She oh. was. She she did come back in Supergirl as well. Terry oh, Hatcher. I'm sorry. I thought you said she played Lois's mother. She played Lois's mother in Smallville. In Smallville. Yeah. In yeah, Smallville. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that actress who's Lois in Smallville. I think they they kind of work is related. Um. So I mean, we should probably wrap up Superman too. 
I know this is a fun conversation, but <laughs> I mean, you, you know me. Once I get talking about Superman, I could talk all day. We kind of right. covered it all. I love it. <laughs> this could be a multi-part epic. So we got You just got to. really can. Yeah. You got to cut me off somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but as far as uh, you know, the original, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, is this the best one? Is it better than Superman the movie? Uh, hard to say hard because to say. then you start talking about which version of this film is the best exactly. one. Yeah. Is it Lester? Is it is it uh, Donner? Mm-hmm. I definitely find Superman 2, I always did, found it more enjoyable than the first Superman movie. Yeah. The first Superman movie, I love. It gave the world Superman. It's a little slow. It is slow. (laughs) It takes us almost an hour to even get to Superman. Mm -hmm. The Krypton stuff, the Smallville stuff, there's a lot there. It's a great film, but it does really work as a two-parter with Superman 2. No matter Mm -hmm. which version you're watching, Lesser or Donner, it works. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they they work as co- as companions together. But if you're just going to watch one, so I was you only have a couple. I hours? was under the impression before we recorded this that super the theatrical Superman two was bad. It's not bad. No, no it's not. It's bad. still a great no. movie. It's yeah. silly, but yeah. it's a good movie. I but really it, enjoyed. It's fun. Yeah, and then when you watch or when you compare all four of them, like three is even sillier. And four is just off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's off like, yeah. So I, I feel like really it's the first two that are just kind of like yeah, these for, great movies. And that's why I think Superman Returns is a good sequel to Superman 2. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why they retroactively did that is yeah. it works as a good trilogy. Yeah. Superman 1, 2, and Returns. Because three and four are wild. Oh, yeah. But four was also a passion project of Christopher Reeve. That was his story. He said, yeah. I'll continue to do Superman movies if I Oh, that's to, right. It's like the yeah. nuclear weapons thing. Yeah. If he gets to make a movie about uh, the nuclear arms race. Yeah. yeah. And he has a story credit, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. yeah. So it's unfortunate that it just didn't turn out. Yeah, Was sadly. Christopher Reeve the um, sexual awakening for many yes. young boys? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the costume, that face, like all mm-hmm. of it. And just, you know, how, how sweet he is as, as Clark and his acting is as Superman. When he is Superman, it's just like, oh, my goodness. The wholesomeness. Just dreamy. Just, yeah. 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 But then, you know, at the end uh, of Superman 2, it is kind of a petty move. But when he goes back to the truck stop. Yeah, something <laughs> Superman would not do. No. Yeah, no. And uh, you know, I'm glad that he goes back and yeah. takes the guy's ass. As a kid, when he went back, totally. and got his revenge on that guy, I loved it. But yes. as an adult, not something yeah. Superman would do. But when he looks at the he looks at the cook, and he pays him, <laughs> and he says, "Been working out." And, and he lifts his arm. It's like the nerdiest way to oh pantomime. Been working out. It's ah, <laughs> uh, I love it. And he pays for the damage. Yeah. Wholesome Clark Kent. I'm sorry about the damage, sir, and pays for it. All he really did was mess up a pinball machine, but those can be probably pretty exactly. He broke some plates, but not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not like the first time around. Um, But yeah, I I think definitely uh, Chris Reeves' uh, portrayal of of Clark and Superman is a lot of uh, young people awakening. It's iconic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We it love is, it. It's the gold standard yeah. of what a superhero film should be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're all kind of... They all owe, owe a debt. And especially if movies. you're maybe a little too overwhelmed or consumed with the stuff like the MCU, the new DC movies, yeah. put on yeah. any of the original Superman movies we that are on HBO Max. Like, mm-hmm. they're... 
a revisit of these is very refreshing. Yeah, we don't always need this like huge multi-film connected universe. Just something fun. This yeah. is a, these are fun films. Yeah. To this day and age, they're just they're fun. Totally. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. We definitely mm-hmm. recommend watching these movies if you haven't seen them in a long time. Check them out. Or if you sadly haven't seen them at all. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I was mentioning at the top of the show, these were movies that I did not grow up on. And I think that's the case with a lot of people my age or younger. That yeah. these like this like these Donner movies just sort of slipped through the cracks of our childhood. Yeah, it's at a certain point. It's like going back and watching classic films. You know, you, mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't think about it. They just watch the modern stuff. Yeah, or they go back and watch the oldies like Spider Man and X Men. It's like mm-hmm. no, it and those are what's crazy is that the Sam Raimi Spider Man movie and the original X Men movies are old movies. Yeah, for young people now, those movies are twenty <laughs> years old now. Yeah, so I mean, those are the classics for yeah. the kids. Oh, uh. God. <laughs> I can't. That's crazy. But yeah, I mean these are these are even older but they're out there. Yeah, and and yeah, all all these modern superhero movies definitely owe, owe a debt to Richard Donner and Richard Lester. His name is Richard, isn't it? Richard. Yeah, yeah Richard another Lester. Richard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and and definitely Christopher Reeve. These movies are amazing. But um yeah, this is this has been a lot of fun talking about Superman too. It was a fun oh, episode. Yeah. yeah. Very fun. And again, there's so much that we haven't even touched on oh, but we can so much. keep talking. But thanks so much, Billy, for coming on again. Uh, this is, thank you for having me. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Any chance I get to talk about Superman. <laughs> I knew you'd be a good fit for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll do Superman three someday. Oh God. I mean, I'd come back for the uh, three, four. Four, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even scratch the surface of Mark Pillow. No. <laughs> and four is Quest for Peace. Quest yeah, for peace. Quest okay. peace. That's it. It's got that zany date. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the date. Which one has the crazy opening to it? Is it three? Three has the whole has um just all this crazy shit going on yeah. in like in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. What is going on in Metropolis with the guy like stuck in the in the taxi and and he's on top of a? I think it's just it's. Uh, Gus Gorman's bad luck following him everywhere. Oh, yeah. He's walking through Metropolis and he's like That's a bad exactly luck genie. Everything's yeah. yeah, just going wrong around him. It's Super weird. weird. Super weird. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Again, well, maybe yeah. maybe we'll return yeah. to Superman in the future. <laughs> and Billy, you're definitely welcome back for, for any of those episodes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But until then, uh, we'll see you next time, Billy. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Fun episode. Superman 2. I love Billy. Uh, yeah, Billy's a great guest. Mm-hmm. We love you, Billy. I love Superman 2. I love Christopher Reeve. I love Ursa. She's <laughs> <love> fierce. <laughs> General Zod. Great movie. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We have some Patreon shout-outs, and we Yay. have a new patron. We would love to say hello to our brand new patron, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Oh, my goodness. Charlie, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for subscribing to our Patreon. And also, thank you to all of our regular patrons, Heather, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emlamelli, Aaron, Melinda and Jim, Jessica, John, Nick, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you for being a Thank friend, you so everybody. much. Thank you so much. Head over to our Patreon for lots of additional content. Patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. We've got some watch with us commentary tracks where you can listen along as the two of us talk over our favorite movies. And I've been doing a thing where I will put the full uncut episode if we run a little longer on our Patreon. Yes, too. indeed. Yes, indeed. For example, the Starship Troopers episode, we went very long on that. And so, the Superman episode, I have a feeling, is going to, yes, indeed. going up 
going to go up on Patreon in its entirety. Yes, indeed. And also, we are coming very close to our 100th movie. We're getting there. Our 100th episode. I can't believe we're getting there, but we are. And to celebrate our 100th episode celebration extravaganza, we will be doing a free Watch of Those commentary track. Mm -hmm. So if you are not currently a patron or you don't subscribe to our Patreon, you can head over to the Patreon page and there will be a Watch of Those commentary track for 10 Things I Hate About You. That will be part of the 100th episode celebration week and that will be free. You won't have to be uh, a patron, a subscribing patron, but you will still be able to listen. You just have to do it through the Patreon website or the app. Very easy. And it'll give you a little taste for what our commentary tracks are. And if you like what you hear, then go ahead and hit subscribe and you'll be able to listen to a lot more fun stuff. Uh, We would also love it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You'd like five stars. Yes, indeed. Please hit five stars and also write us a good review. Yeah. Write us a review if you like us. And if you write us a good review, we'll read it on an upcoming episode. How about that? Promise. So go over to Apple Podcasts and do that. We would love it if you'd follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. And Twitter at MTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. My name is Pete. And I'm Scott. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna and Letterboxd at Peterific. I always love when I try to say and Scott, because I think that we're doing our intro. This is the outro. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Oscar Scott on Twitter, Scott Youngbauer on Instagram, and just Scott Youngbauer on Letterboxd. See what I'm watching. Yes, indeed. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.